How's it going, guys? Today is Sunday, February 3rd, and you're listening to episode number 39 of the Galactic Gaming News Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy. Alongside me, as always, my running mates, my vice presidents, my second-in-command, the chairman, whatever you want to call him, Eric is here. My name is Joseph Biden. <laughs> Video and, games are bad. And because we got so many requests that, you know, our voices just aren't sexy enough, we needed to bring in some more sexy voices. Evan is back with his sexy voice. Uh, I don't I don't know what you're talking about if you got requests for that, because my voice sounds nasally as hell whenever <laughs> I hear I it over moist. my... So. It just made me moist. <laughs> I don't even have the proper equipment, and I'm moist. <laughs> I guess if nerd is sexy to you, then I can deliver. Muy <laughs> caliente. Oh, I'll touch your tra-la-la. <laughs> Something like that. And for the second week in a row, we are podcasting on a very... Important day. Last week, War Rumble. This week, Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, ready for some football. <laughs> yeah. Should we, should we do some live what? updates of the Super Bowl right now? Hold on, hold on. Let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess. Still winning. Twenty-eight to thirteen, the Ravens in the third quarter. Ravens? Or, wait, is it Baltimore Ravens? I don't yes. actually know the yep. teams. Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. The, the the birds. Yeah. I don't have cable in my room, so I can't watch it. So I I've just been. You know, in between homework, I've been stopping for like five minutes going to ESPN, seeing the box score and stuff like that. So, there you go. So We'll, we'll update you uh, when, when I'll update you when good stuff happens. Sounds good. Yeah. So, Eric. Mm. What you been up to? How you been? Oh, you know, being cool, playing NASCAR and Madden. <laughs> what? I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the the majority of people who play Madden don't play NASCAR. Oh. I'm. Uh, yeah. I. Have you seen the people who play Madden? Uh, I don't. I don't think I know anybody that actually plays Madden. You know one person. Oh, well, I play Madden. Uh, so. Yeah, I do, and he plays NASCAR. Also, <laughs> so, so that's and... obviously just that reflects everyone who plays Madden. Yes. I know somebody who Absolutely. plays Madden that doesn't play NASCAR, so... Oh, there you go. One-to-one right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Danica Patrick is a NASCAR. She's a fine NASCAR. What if... I want to see a content creation system for Madden that'll let you put Danica Patrick into Madden. Custom teams. <laughs> well, I want coffee. a halftime <laughs> system. I think they should <laughs> put a halftime system inside of NASCAR and concerts in the middle of the track and then make them race and just, just run over everyone. Yeah, and like the coach comes out onto the field or the track. <laughs> There's no coaches in NASCAR. <laughs> the coach is a NASCAR. Um and he throws the playbook and he's just like Yo get in there and score us a home run. Oh. I want to see the playbook for a NASCAR race. Uh <laughs> turn left. <laughs> Wait, what comes after that, though? I don't know who to hand the golf ball off to. Yeah, okay, that's enough of this. I'm, <laughs> I'm boring myself with even mentioning sports. Um, let's see, what have I been playing? 28-19 Ravens, uh, 49ers just scored again. Getting intense now. This was a blowout. At one point it was 28-3, to so... Uh-huh. Game Is on. That's going to do a run-in? Yes. Waiting for Goldust to do a run-in. Um, you know, actually, I did go back. 
because some fine folks on YouTube actually uploaded the Royal Rumble match uh, on you know. So I actually went back and actually watched the whole Royal Rumble, and it's just like, and then it got me like watching past Royal Rumbles because they're always kind of fun to watch. But I love when they bring out like the old superstars. Like in 2008, they had uh, Jimmy Superfly Snuka come out. And he's like, he's like coming out in his walker, you know, because he can barely stand. He gets in, he gets in the ring, and like all the other super. It's funny because they're all sitting there, they're all like astonished and like, but you can tell they're hesitant to go up to him and try to hit him because they might break him in half. And then he he like does like his slaps, you know, but the, but he doesn't have any force behind him anymore, and he just like touches their chest, and like the the wrestlers like fall back, like they just got punched in the face. And then they brought Roddy Piper out, and the, the right the the, the entrance. You know, right after him, and they're both standing in the ring fighting each other while all the other superstars are looking on in awe because they're seeing these two old geezers fight. <laughs> those were my prunes. <laughs> Good lord! It's like it's it, it's cool to see those old guys, you know, come out, but at the same time, it's like they can barely move. Like Jimmy Snuka just like shuffled his way to the ring, like he could. I don't get how he can't move. even move anymore. He didn't do anything taxing in his fucking career. He jumped off of a couple of not Eight. even tall cages. Yeah. <laughs> they were tiny back then. They were what? Like what? Fifth? They were actually like those cages were set on the outside of the ring. I think too. They weren't actually yeah on the apron, and they only they were like what a couple feet above the turnbuckle. Yeah, if, like if maybe, that, I mean, maybe two feet at yeah, the most. Just, and they're like, Everybody's "Oh, he's like, oh, jumping fifteen feet off the top of the cage." Oh. I'm like, uh, "Not really." <laughs> yeah, go Jimmy. So he didn't do anything taxing though. Like, there was no reason why he's beat down that fucking bad. Forward like years. Hulk Hogan, it's understandable. Forward, and, no. forward like years later, and it's like mankind's flying off the top of the hell in the cell onto a announce <laughs> table. I watched that live. I, I actually, I was one of the few pay per views I got when I was a kid, and it was just I was like, "Holy shit, he's dead!" Oh God, yeah. And Jim Ross apparently I thought so too. I swear to God, he's broken in half. As God is my witness. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. As God, God is, is my, my witness. witness. He's broken in half. Good, good point. Yeah. Good save. Yeah. Uh, anyway, heaven. he's just like, what? What is the wrestling? Yeah. <laughs> wrestling used to be good. Wrestling. Isn't too bad, but but the whole time I was watching the this the last Royal Rumble match, uh, you know, last week was a, uh, you know, I got to the point where John Cena came in and whatever, and the whole time, I'm just like, man, if you're in that, if you were there, if you did not think Cena was gonna win, you are so stupid, because it looked, it, I mean, it, you know, it's, it even just watching it, you're like, yeah, this is Cena's gonna win this. Everybody knew yep. that that was about to happen. Yep. I don't think there was anybody out there that thought any different. If anybody else had a chance, it would have been Dolph Ziggler, and even he got thrown out way earlier. So that completely ruined it for there. He lasted a long time, though. Well, fuck yeah, he did, because that guy's fucking awesome. He lasted uh, He lasted longer. I think last week we said uh, when we were live broadcasting the event or whatever you want to call it, I think Jovan said Jericho lasted the longest, but actually Ziggler lasted a couple minutes longer. So Yeah, yeah. I, I guess Jericho got... A really huge pop from like everybody. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but yeah, um, let's not talk about this anymore because Evan just died on us. I think. I think he's dead. <laughs> he's it's just, okay. I know resurrection magic. Just not one fuck is given about wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I just, just I don't know anything about wrestling other than it's <laughs> supposedly fake. <laughs> Evan Evan got on Google and he looked up who gives a fuck and it turns out that his name didn't show up in the search <laughs> result. Wrestling's real to me, damn it. 
It's one still thing real to me, damn it. Speaking of Googling things and names, if you ever Google your name and you made like a like a live journal account in like your younger high school years or something, it's terrifying. Yeah, I, I know that feel. Oh. Googling I, I your name one... can be one of the most terrifying things you can ever do. Yep, you're like, did I really write that? What yeah. the fuck was I think? I remember because uh, I, I had a blog a couple years, quite a few years ago now, actually. Uh, and I did like a top 10 games of ec- that year. Mm-hmm. And I think like s- f- 6th or 7th, I put Modern Warfare 2. And I look back at it now, I'm just like, what the fuck was I thinking? Sounds like a strong choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know. Well, hey, at least Infinity Ward still had it back then. So. Yeah, I guess, but the online was broken as shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Eric, what you been playing? Oh, yeah. You got a uh, nice... We, we, me, me and you both actually got a nice little bundle over the weekend. Over the week, I should yeah. say. Uh, Amazon, way to come through with that. Like like a dick move, didn't even report on it. I was so excited to get it. I was actually going to report on it, and then I was like, eh, I want to play these games, so nah, I don't feel like it. So fuck, fuck you, readers. You're not getting this deal. <laughs> so fuck the readers and yeah, listeners. We don't. we don't need you guys. <laughs> we don't. No don't way. listen to him. We need you. I, I think they know I'm being sarcastic. Come on now. Um... Yeah, and this bundle was Mark of the Ninja, um, Toy Soldiers, which I didn't expect anything good out of, and it turns out that it's really good. Iron Brigade, uh, which is like Dungeon Defenders, but way better. <laughs> Deadlight. Uh, Deadlight. Huh? Deadlight. What? What? Deadlight? De- oh yeah, Deadlight. Uh, yes, Deadlight, which has been on my list to play for a while, and finally got to play it. And there was something else. Insanely Twisted Planet? Shadow Planet? Oh, God, yes! Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet. Oh, God. That game is... Wow. Beautiful. Really beautiful. It can be boring at first, but then you start figuring things out, and it's really good. Um, but the Shining game in all of that is obviously Mark of the Ninja, which was my runner-up for Game of the Year last year. 28 to, 28 to 20 Ravens. Sorry, go ahead. Mark of the Ninja is so good. <laughs> like, it, it's... It, there's these crappy games that have stealth called Metal Gear Solid. No. Like, uh, if they wanted to do on. stealth the proper way... Wow. They would have waited for Mark of the Ninja to come out. So they could learn how to do stealth properly. You're not going to get you know? a reaction out of me. Whatever. You know? I, I just did it to get a rise out of you. I mean, I don't think they're that crappy. I just think, like, the majority of those are crappy. I'm not arisen. Majority- I'm, not, I'm not arisen right now. Did you okay. want to get a rise out of me? Not, not there. Do you, do you need a hug? No. Do you need a thug hug? Come here. Just hug me. Lay your lay your head on my, my breastises. Oh man. <laughs> this is getting into no. nine ninety nine for all this. Nine ninety nine for five really good games that And that's that's a discount on Mark and Ninja anyway. That's usually a fifteen dollar game. Yeah. 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 It's it's a huge discount on all of them. I think that it it says that you save like eighty five percent of what you would have paid. And I was like, holy fuck, this is, uh, I've got to get this, because it had Mark of the Ninja and Deadlight, like, that's the only thing I really cared for in there, and then, like, 
having all the other games in it be good just blew my mind that how good of a bundle it was and it it, it all came around because I was like man okay I I don't have a sex box anymore I've got some money so I need some games because I all I've been doing is playing Binding of Isaac for the past I don't know how long so I was dicking around looking at bundles, looking at the free bundle, which you had told us about last time, and not interested in any of them except for one game in there, which I tried to download and for some reason won't download. It's called, like, Under the Garden or something. I don't remember. But... Under the Red Hood? Under the Red Hood. And the you're game. playing as Jason Todd. The game. Who used to be Rob. Oh, wait, no, that's, this isn't it at all. That's a movie. But I was looking at for the Humble Indie Bundle, figuring out if maybe there was another one, if there was any word on it. And somehow by Googling this, I had found that bundle. And I was just like, okay, we're, we're getting this. And, you know, I, I put in something like Toy Soldiers, which somebody had said, oh, it's kind of like a tower defense game in a way. And it, it is like a tower defense game. But... It's like a a much more strategic, interactive tower defense game where you put little placements of your toy soldiers and and they're inside of like uh, artillery cannons and all this other kind of shit. Like, unfortunately, you don't have like soldiers marching across the field as much as you'd want to. Like, they go out on the first wave and it turns out like after that, they don't send anymore. So you're basically just putting up these artillery guns and all this other kind of shit, and they're just shooting. Well, eventually I figured out, oh, you can actually take control of them. And that's, like, the really cool part where you just basically go into first person and you shoot across the screen and all that other kind of stuff and take out other toy soldiers as their arms fly apart and all this other kind of stuff. It's it's fantastic. Um, Probably one of the best tower defense games I've ever played. And tower defense games are always fun, just sometimes they're not executed on the right way. And this one is just done right. Um, The other major one that I'm sure that you and I are going to disagree on, and Evan probably also, if he has played it, would be Deadlight. Deadlight is right up. I I don't, you know, I... Because I played it as well, because, I mean, like I said, we, we both got this bundle, and that, that's the only one of the games I've played, because uh, I was very interested in it when it, when it came out, but I didn't ha- I haven't had an Xbox, you know, for quite a while, so I couldn't play it. So I played it, and I'm not, like, complete opposite of you. I think it does some really cool things. Uh, I think the biggest complaint for a lot of people have is it's really, 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 really short. Uh, I haven't finished it, because I just played it for about 15 minutes, probably, which I did actually get through... I was flying through the levels or whatever pretty pretty easily. I was just, like, running. Uh, I like some of the things it does. I, I'm just not blown away by it. I think it's a solid game, though. I'm not blown away. I really dig it. It's better than I had expected. After can you dig it? I, I can dig it, sucker. Five time, five time, five time, five time, five <laughs> time. Shucky ducky quack quack champion. Um... The, the the graphics, it reminds me so much of, uh, oh, fuck, what was that really awesome PlayStation Network game? Closure? When the network went down for a while there, and they yeah. came back, and they 
Wait, what? No, I mean, I, for me, it kind of reminded me of, like, Limbo, kind of, with, like, the darkness and kind yes, of, like, the, the shadowy, yeah. The silhouettes and the mechanics definitely remind me of Limbo. Like, that's the other game I was going to compare it to, but, the like, graphically, besides the silhouettes, it looks like uh, Dead Nation. That was Oh, it. okay. Okay, fair oh, enough. Oh, yeah. God, I love Dead Nation. Which is and one of the best game. Which is one of the best <laughs> zombie games out there. If I I don't know if it's one of the best or if it is the best. Yeah. Debatable. It's yeah. fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um Uriah and I played the shit out of that for like three weeks straight, just like sitting right next to each other playing it. It's so awesome. Like that's one of those couch co op games that's just like perfect. Yep. Um But Deadlight's obviously not a co op game. It's very much platformer mixed with zombies just fucking everywhere. And they're they're not even just called zombies, they're called shadows. Which I like when you kill things and they lay around on the screen, but these I kinda dig also because you you kill them and then poof, they like turn back into a shadow and go away. But for the cutscenes and everything, it goes for twenty eight, twenty three Ravens. Go ahead. Go home. <laughs> um it looks a lot like uh the Walking Dead, the cutscenes, like they go for the, the, comic, the graphical yeah. quality of the comics, and it has these voiceovers. Which the only voiceover work that I can compare it to right now, because I recently beat it, is Deus Ex: Human Revolution. With you got a guy who talks like this, and he always talks like this because all of a sudden he's fucking Christian Bale. I was just gonna say. I was Rachel. just gonna say. I was like. I don't think Christian Bale voiced those characters, but I could be wrong. I have to check IMDb for that. No, I, I think that he might have done this. The guy in Deadlight, definitely, <laughs> and then Steven Seagal did the guy for Deus Ex: Human Revolution. Where that guy talked. I just, I just, like, I, I just was kind of taken back by like how Deadlight started with you like putting a bullet right through someone's head. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay, well. That, and then the sister busts I, in. What the fuck did you do? It's like, I'm not oh, huge hmm. on the story. Like I, you know. The I mean, way they convey it through the comic book style, I don't like. Mm-hmm, yeah. I just, it's, there's contradictory things that happen in it that are contradictory to the point of, like, almost being as bad as certain books out there. But this one just really flies off the handle with things that don't make any sense. And yet they just completely go through with it, knowing that you probably already know that it's not going to make any sense. Mm-hmm. But when they convey these through little flashback or dream sequences where you're actually controlling the character whose name I don't even know because I just don't care enough to know his name. Christian Bale. We'll just call him Christian Bale for the sake of the podcast. Yes, uh, Christian Christian Wayne is what we'll call him. Okay. So you have Christian Wayne, and when you're actually controlling him through these little dream sequences... It's really beautiful storytelling, but when it's through the comic books and everything, it really just tries to be something that it's not. Mm. And that really sucks because I dig the gameplay so much. It just has that limbo vibe. When you're killing zombies, it's – or when you are facing zombies, it's do I kill them or do I run the fuck away because I might need to run away. Or you can whistle for them and jump over their heads if you're fast enough. But there are some things that bog it down, like there's helicopter chase sequences and all this other kind of shit that really bogs it down at the moment and makes you really annoyed with how 
clunky the controls are, which yeah, yeah. I really think are purposely that clunky because you're just a normal man. You're not some kind of badass zombie slayer. You're just a normal man trying to live through the apocalypse. The last normal man we got in video games, though, turned out to be Nathan Drake. Mm. So it sounds like they might be trying to take the normal man a little bit more literally than Naughty Dog did. <laughs> Possibly. He's he's not as good at platforming as Nathan Drake is, though. Which, you know, Nathan Drake didn't have the clunky animations of grabbing on the ledges like this guy does. <laughs> so but what are some of the... What are some of the contradictions you mentioned? Because I've never played Dead Light. Uh, I've only seen a few screenshots of it. There's a part where you're going into a stadium and one of the survivors from your group that you get split from in the beginning, he's being tied to the back of this tow truck, like on the tow hook uh, by these soldiers and they released the zombie that's hanging on the other one, so it'll come eat the guy. And he's like, ah, oh, good luck, blah, blah, blah. And you look down, and you see a fence that normally you would be able to climb over, but all of a sudden you can't climb that high. So you have to go all the way around. And at this point in time, the guy's kicking and screaming and kicking at the zombie, mainly. You go through about a 10-minute segment where you end up on the other side, and you take the dude off the hook after you killed the zombie and the old man's like what happened and then your guy's like oh you must have been knocked out and he's like yeah i must have been knocked out but yet he's been kicking and screaming at the zombie the whole time (laughs) just does not make any damn sense and then like there's another part after that where you get to this you get to this helicopter And it turns out that the guy, luckily, used to be a pilot of helicopters, apparently. And he looks like Wilford Brimley, which is awesome. Diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) And you go into this hospital to get him bandages. You come back out. And he's like, oh, thank you so much. Great. Blah, blah, blah. Let's get this bird up in the air. So you start flying and everything. And the dude dies. Like, after feeling great and everything, he just dies while you're flying. And you crash into the ground. (laughs) Just, so, so they pull a Left 4 Dead? There, no, because Left 4 Dead pulls it off in a much different manner. Deadlight takes itself very seriously. Left 4 Dead doesn't. This just really jumps the shark. It it pulls out the shark repellent hmm. to make a <laughs> Batman 70s reference. It, it's, it, it has problems, but it's I really dig the game itself. I love it. Not to the point where I'd give it anything above an 8, but I really love it. That's probably one of the other big gems in there that people will go for and probably, you know, jump right over things like Insanely... Or, yeah, Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet, which that's a game that needs to be played. That game's... I I can't even explain it right now, and I don't feel comfortable explaining it right now. I'll, I'll explain it more next week. But it, that's a game that needs to be looked at, needs to be played, and I think a lot of people are going to skip over that for things like Mark of the Ninja and Deadlight. Which, in a way, with Mark of the Ninja, I can't blame people because that game's so fucking good. And that's that's mainly what I've been playing. Oh, wait, Iron Brigade once again. It's better than Dungeon Defenders, even though it's basically the same game. Does that mean you can you can start a new character or a new session and it won't be boring as hell like Dungeon Defenders is? 
it's not too it it gets boring if you're playing alone if you're playing with other people it's not boring at all but okay. even when you're playing alone there's a certain amount of strategy that goes into building your mech that's i can't, i think i can't even think what it's called right now but they're basically giant metal legs it, the, and the story is really good it's it's made by double fine which i've known about iron brigade since it was called trenched and they had to change the name but uh I didn't realize it was a double fine game and huh. it has that perfect double fine storytelling that they've always had. So it's really cool. Um, that's another game I highly recommend. You should go buy this bundle that isn't a bundle anymore. So you're screwed. No, it's still there. Oh, it isn't. I, I checked uh, before the show and it was still up. Go get the goddamn bundle. But depending on when the listeners are actually listening to this, uh, it might not be there. So, Blame Eric for not reporting on that. Yeah, well, put it in the show notes. Fuck it. <laughs> I'll write it and we'll do it live. Yeah, yep. It doesn't look like it's on sale anymore. Uh, I'm seeing the Microsoft go, 5 game arcade indie pack, that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's not on sale anymore. How much is it? Uh, 70 bucks. Woo! Yeah, we got it for 10 Sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're screwed now. Oh, you still man. if you if you buy the bundle, you still save ten dollars off the normal. There, so, there you go. So, so there's some silver linings there. You, you know, you <laughs> yeah, we paid the other ten dollars. Don't worry. <laughs> so with with um with Dungeon Defenders, my main my main beef was that was it, it felt like every time you wanted to like get back into that game, you kind of had to pick up with like an old character because starting a new character was just like you had to like level them up and get all the skills and like your level dictated how effective certain things were. So there was this constant drive to try to get your character back to where you were, and I just couldn't do it. I, I felt completely bored. Does does uh, Iron Brigade have that sort of mechanic where, like, you have this level that, cha- like, you can p- each level you get stats to put into like firepower stuff, or is it more of just no, like, actually, okay, awesome, that's awesome. With with every level, when you finish that level, you'll get uh, an item box that drops from the boss, and sometimes it's a new flat cannon for your mech, and you can put it on your mech. It, your mech is really customizable, which is really awesome, and you get placements to put down like the traps and everything in dungeon defenders except for like these are turrets sometimes they're anti-aerial and other times they're uh, a thing that slows them down sometimes they're shotgun turrets like it's it's really cool and as i said it's got that double the, the double fine flair to it so like you know with double fine you're not going to go wrong and right. this really solidifies that. I mean, the the sad thing is this game came out to barely any reception at all. As I said, I've known about it for a long fucking time, and I didn't even know it was a Double Fine game. It, it's Yeah. Oh, it's didn't so this good. have a problem in Europe? They had to, like, change the name or something like that? Or they had to change they something? They had to change the they... name everywhere. To tr- uh, It was trenched, and it just became Iron right. Brigade. I, I don't remember why they had to change the name. I, I remember it was something remember. really... It was really dumb. I remember that. I just don't remember why. Hmm. But I've been I'd been following it off and on for a while because it just kept on getting brought up and I was like, "Oh, huh." And then, you know, now I've own it and I really dig it. I kind of want to go back to Dungeon Defenders now and try out some of the different characters like with your mech you can do multiple different things. You can choose your pilot and who, what his background is and all this other kind of shit, which doesn't really seem to matter too much. But with Dungeon Defenders, you have different classes, 
And with this, you can make your mech into whatever. Like, you can have two machine guns on one side and a laser cannon on the other one or a, a sniper rifle on the other one. You know, it's it's all about that and how you can customize your mech. It's I guess, it's in a way, it's like a class system, just depending the, on what kind of monsters you're fighting. Are the parts you unlock, like, permanent unlocks, or is it only for the mech that you completed the level with? It's permanently unlocked because you don't change mechs. Oh, okay, but, so you just have, like, one character and then... Yeah, you can change the chassis on your mech, you can change the arms on your mech, like, the arms, which are just, like, the upper part of the legs that have guns on them. Like, it doesn't have an upper body, it's just legs. Like, in the beginning, which is told through the covers of magazine stories, which is really fucking funny, uh, your dude that you're using is, like, this badass war hero, and there's a part where it's, like, talking about how he's such a patriot, and there's a tank sitting on his legs, and he's holding the flag, smiling. (laughs) And... (laughs) Eventually, he just, like, after no longer being able to be a war hero anymore or being a soldier anymore, he just, like, creates these gigantic fucking mech legs, and they start using them for wars and all this other kind of stuff. It's really, it's interesting, and it made me laugh out loud, like, to myself, just by looking at these magazine covers and the names of them for what they're what they're conveying on the picture at the moment, like tough guy magazine and all this other kind of shit. It's great. It's an, it's a, I don't know if it's a must play, but it's a, it's a game worth playing. And if you can get it on the cheap, definitely do that. I mean, dungeon defenders I got with the last humble indie bundle, the humby bumby, humby bumby. I got it with that. So, I mean, that was a game that basically cost me like a dollar. 3123 Ravens. That's that's what I've been playing. <laughs> All right, uh, moving to you, Evan. What are you? We've been up to. How you been uh, since, since the last time we we spoke? Well, I have been playing more Arma two, but not as much Daisy. So the actual just game core game. There's another mod that I I checked out called Wasteland, which is basically Daisy Light. Okay. Uh, there's no zombies, more vehicles, and more you start off with more stuff when uh when you respawn so it's a lot more about player interactions i've been liking that um i was gonna say that sounds like what you wanted yeah no it's it's really cool uh it has a few problems but it's kind of a mod to a mod so Mm. that that's understandable other than that i recently went back and bought the uh, mega man zero collection Uh, for the ds uh uh, because i never got to play three or four and i found out that they had the collection i was like i've got to have that and i had forgotten how brutally difficult they were if Mm, you wanted to try to keep an a rank yeah it's kind of just been sitting there recently because i've been doing other stuff and i keep trying to play one level and get an a rank and i usually end up dying all the time and having to restart the the mega man games are always games i've wanted to you know get familiar with the series and and stuff like that but i always just got my ass kicked so i was just like ah you know i mean Oh, I, I have no problem with Mega Man. Uh, Evan and I had a conversation about Mega Man recently. Mega Man X is where it's at for me. That series is my absolute favorite. But and the opposite. Mega Man Zero is a close second. Uh, and, I mean, th- these are old games, so people probably know them. But they maintain a really good level of, like, challenge to accessibility. 
you can kind of just breeze through these. Uh, the DS1 actually introduces a mode where you can have like every single upgrade right off the bat. Uh, and just play through all four games back-to-back, uh, fully upgraded from the get-go, so you don't even have to worry. It's mostly just about getting through the levels and getting through the story and having all the action. Uh, and I'm not doing that yet, uh, but I really like Mega Man Zero's approach to difficulty, where it's kind of like, if you want to, you can try to be, you can try to perfect your uh, your your playthrough, but you don't have to. Um and outside of that, Planetside 2 just came out with a huge update. Uh, they came out with their January update, so I've gotten back into that. That game is just so overwhelming for me. <clears throat> uh, it definitely is at first. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't. That's one of the things. They, they put out a roadmap recently. It's uh-huh. like their six-month plan for all their updates. And one of the ones for either January or March is like a tutorial system. Uh, so hopefully that'll come out soon for new players. Uh, and hopefully they'll learn that they shouldn't drop new players into the middle of a random war zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, uh... That, hmm. that is one of the dumbest things. I don't know why they do that. I mean, it's kind of nice where they, like, get you into the action really quick, but with absolutely no Experience. information on, like, how to do yeah. anything. It's kind of like, especially, all of a sudden, you just see, like, you're hurtling down towards the ground, like, oh, what's going on? And because of the way render, like rendering happens and things pop in, you don't necessarily see what's going on until you're pretty much, you've pretty much landed. Yeah. So you just kind of, you're like, I guess right, left, down, up, uh, let's do all four of them, some combination. And then all of a sudden you land and you look left and right and then you're probably dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, was just, I, I was just, love that game yeah, so much. Yeah, I'm on the like, same I boat. Want to. It's just like I was so, you know, just, just dropped in and then there's all this stuff. And then it's even where it's just like even going into the menus and stuff, I feel like are, are I don't know, maybe some – Maybe it's because I'm not used to them yet. They're just kind of overwhelming or cluttered. Right. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know necessarily where to go to do this or do that. And then I'm like in these bases. I'm just like, I don't – there's these terminals that I don't know what to do with. And the, I, what's the secondary – what is the secondary? It's not a gun. What what does this do? The it, new it, update addresses some of your uh... – your concerns with the map they've they've overhauled how hot zones work now mm-hmm. and so you can kind of see on the map like one thing they've done is they've added in custom color schemes so you can say like okay the vanu and then and the new conglomerate because i play terran republic star wars race master race um uh terran will show up as uh red which was really confusing i shot a bunch of my own guys because uh usually enemies showed up as red mm-hmm. before the update uh but so my guys show up as red now and then blue and purple. Uh, and so on the map, if there's like a lot of activity with one of the races, there will be little like pings that are the color of that race. And that will show you where activity is going on because previously it would be like, there's a bunch of activity at this, at this front line place. And then you drop there and it turns out it was activity between the two opposing races and none of your team is there. Uh, so they've addressed some of that and they're going yeah. to keep working on it hopefully. I, I See, my problem with that game is I I love to play MMOs. I hate playing with other people, and that game just relies on you working with a squad. And I can't do that. I cannot work with a squad. If if you want to do it without working with a squad, you got to learn vehicles. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The, the, and that's the problem. <laughs> Which is another thing when I, I played, I was like, where the fuck do I get these vehicles? I don't even know what to do. <laughs> that's what that's what some of those terminals are for. They have the yeah, there's I, the, the land and the air ones. Okay. Um, yeah, I drove four wheeler. 
it's it's definitely one of those things where you have to like learn what everything does and you kind of like sometimes you have to go and google it you're like what is the point of a tech plant and like each station does something so it's one of those games where like if you invest the upfront time and you find a group to play with it can be really rewarding uh because it has some good team play i think the shooting mechanics uh like just the way the guns feel uh, it feels really good to me. I really like it. It's basically my new Battlefield Bad Company 2, which was the last shooter I got really, really oh, into. Oh, that game was so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, like, this is the shooter I've waited for forever, and I've managed to sink a ton of time into it. Um, EA, if you're listening, Bad Company 3. Is EA, that... if you're listening, you can't touch oh, yeah. the online that Sony Online Entertainment can do, so yeah, well, shut yeah, yeah. Go home, EA. I, I would like another Bad Company, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, everyone can't help it. Everyone, you know, when Battlefield Three came out, which I, I like Battlefield Three, I thought it was a solid. I do too. Uh, it was a solid game. I, I really enjoyed playing it, but in my opinion, it come it doesn't come close to the fun I had with Bad Company Two. So. Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely on that. It, uh, especially with like, I like the art style of Bad Company Two. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, if if you ever want to learn or need help with Planetside Two, I play on the Soltech server. Soul- on Terra. No, Republic. I don't. I don't like you though. <laughs> well, I can hook you up with some other people then. Oh, okay, maybe. Um, <laughs> I can tell you what server no, Shack Tag plays on. I just can't. Shack Fu. I can't do it, man. Shack Tag. They're a Shack Fu. Uh, oh man, we love Shack Fu here. <laughs> Not familiar with what Shack Fu is, but really, you don't know <laughs> no. Shack Fu? Hmm. Evan, no, don't do this to me. It's the greatest fighting game ever. Oh man. On back you play of the a Shaq. Super Super Nintendo? And Genesis. And Genesis. It was just called Shaq Fu. You, huh. you play a Shaq, and you're fighting characters to save some kid, I think it was? I can't remember. That game was awful, though. That game is awfully <laughs> great, is what Jimmy means. Awfully great. The game was terrible. Terribly awesome. <laughs> you need to look it up. Look up Shaq Fu. Evan... When we go on break, you need to look at Shaq Fu. <laughs> I'll do it. It's the greatest game of all time, and and its sequel. Or <laughs> is is does it? What's the? Uh, isn't it like a mm, eye device game? Shaq Down. Yeah. yeah. Shaq Down. Yeah. Where it's? I think it's an endless runner. Yes. Oh, um, endless runners. God. You're Shaq on steroids, running through people. Nobody fucks with Shaq. Laying the Shaq down. <laughs> People's elbow. Thirty-one twenty-nine Ravens. God damn it, Evan! <laughs> speak, just speak, please. All right. Um, other than Planet Side Two, Mega Man Zero, and Arma Two, I have actually put a ton of time in to using a really cool tool that I want to pimp on the show. Uh, I want you to. Pimp it. Uh, I've been using RPG Maker uh, VX Ace recently. Uh, I've been working on um, a small JRPG game, uh, trying to get some work done on it. And I have to say, this tool is one of the best things I can imagine for somebody who wants to get into kind of game design. Mm. Because and this is why we have you on this week. <laughs> to, to, to pimp game, to pimp game design. No, it's to talk about the fact that you like to develop games, and this is this is why that I asked you to be on. 
Well, like I said, developing games right now is a little bit overselling it. I've done a couple maps, and I, I do some theory stuff every now and again. But uh, hopefully soon there will be a deliverable. That That's my goal. Is uh, I've been using this this RPG Maker program, uh, and it's been re- like it has excellent asset creation and asset uh, resource management uh, tools. It has really easy-to-use scripting and um, event handling systems. So if you've ever wanted to make a game... Uh, they offer the RPG Maker, which can do like traditional JRPGs, um, and then a bunch of people have made mods for it where you can do uh, different kinds of RPGs. Uh, and then there's also an IG Maker, I think it's called, which allows you to make things like uh, action RPGs like Diablo, uh, platformers, and side-scrolling shooters. Hmm. Uh, so RPG Maker Web, I believe, is their website, and I highly recommend checking it out if you've ever wanted to kind of get into game design, but you've always been kind of stumped by some facet of it, be it resource creation, which was my big deal where I couldn't get over it, uh, or programming is a lot easier in this. Um, So definitely check that out. I've been using that a lot, and uh, it's a very, very powerful tool for um, kind of getting into game design. Make Make a Kickstarter. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I I would not feel uh, I would not feel comfortable making a Kickstarter. Pay me money to use something I didn't make to make <laughs> a game I will release for free. You know I don't understand how there's some games out there like To the Moon uh, that's on Steam Greenlight that they're charging for, and that was made with RPG Maker. I, like last time I knew in the terms of service, it says that you can't sell games that you've made on RPG Maker. Yeah, can. Oh, well, apparently you can, and I was wrong. So, suck it, Eric. There's, uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize To the Moon was made with RPG Maker, though. That's yeah, amazing. that's made with an RPG Maker. Also, another great game, Charles Barkley's Shut Up and Jam was made with RPG Maker. That's what it was. Oh, I was going to say the, the Shaq Fu reminded me of those games. Oh, man. Uh, I, well, I butchered the name on an accident, too, which was... Cha- or it was uh, Charles Barkley, Shut Up and Jam, Gaiden. There. That's that's the part that mattered. Wilford yeah. Brimley will eat your diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> that's what matters. That that game is great. What I don't, I don't, like what I don't understand about Kickstarter, uh, and I think we may have talked about this in an earlier podcast way back when, when we were a young lad, uh, is like, uh, didn't Obsidian go on there? And yes. and ask for money. It's just like I'm yes. pretty sure you have enough money, especially with this South Park game coming out. Well, yeah. but the the thing is, is they use it, you. Kickstarter is great for people, uh, for any kind of development studio to fund a project that wouldn't necessarily receive funding from. Okay, the publisher. Uh, yeah, that's that's fair, I guess. Yeah. Well, I just want to. I want to. I want to plug. Uh, podcast beyond from a couple of weeks ago. Go listen to Colin Moriarty make some really good points about companies using Kickstarter and how you're investing in that product, but yet you make nothing in return, even though their money came from you like they would have with any other investor. You don't make anything back for it. Colin Moriarty makes some really, really good, valid points about it. It's great. Yes, I just, pod- I just plugged another podcast on our podcast. Editing that out. One thing I think will be interesting to see from Kickstarter is once people kind of get over this idea that they are buying something. Because right now, almost exclusively, Kickstarter is like, if you give us money, we will make this game and sell it. 
and we will give you a free copy. Well, we'll give you a quote unquote free copy. What will be interesting to see is once we kind of move on from this buyer's like kind of uh, market mentality where we just have, okay, if we get however many thousands of dollars we need, we will put this game out for everybody for free. And that's your reward for donating is this just exists. And whether or not this can be used to do things like maybe even as big as like Borderlands 2 DLC, maybe stuff like that, like downloadable content. It's just like if we can get enough money on Kickstarter, we will make downloadable content for this game for everybody for free. Hmm. Maybe it's Dream the Impossible Dream, uh, but I've talked to, to a friend about it before, and he that, that was kind of like his hope was that uh, there would be this way, a way that we could just kind of like all pitch in to have something released for everybody for free. And so the people who really wanted to give a lot of money could give a ton of money. And the people who were just kind of like casual players could got free stuff and they like it that much more. Fair enough. Oh, Evan, you're making too much sense. You're going to break their brains. <laughs> mm, sorry. Still, just got... still 3129. Oh, my God. Quit watching the TV and tell us what you've been I, I, I actually I don't have cable. Uh, we don't have cable here in the offices, so uh, I'm, yeah, I just I just have ESPN up on the on the other. You know, I computer. never I never asked Evan. Evan, what do you think about our headquarters? You like this place, right? Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. You like that that vending I mean, machine right there? I was I was gonna say the three vending machines was a little bit intimidating. I'm not sure what they all do, <laughs> but um, maybe if you had one more, I mean, it might round it out a little bit more. I've always been a fan of even numbers. So. Yeah, uh-huh. that that one right there. That one actually has a secret passage behind it to my own bat cave. So that's – it's like Dr. Kleiner's lab back there. Yeah, kind of, I guess, in a little bit of a way. But it, it's like a complete exact replica of the bat cave. Well, it, okay. If I ever see Gordon Freeman, I will send him your way. Yep. Because I imagine but, he has a teleporter back there. But instead of Batman, but he's You bat- don't have he, to he, put money in the vending machine and have Alex Vance, you know. Give you a, a – was it a Coke or – what did, yeah, I think soda? she asked if you wanted soda. Yeah, soda. I don't think you and I don't have out. a giant robot named Dog either. Mm-mm. That'd be awesome though. We need to get on that. Yeah, we sh- we should get that next week. We'll have one. Yeah, yeah. That's where all the the listener and uh, reader donations go to. So you can build a giant robotic dog. A yeah, giant robot well, named Dog. There's other vending machines on the second floor that Jimmy keeps his Ferrari collection behind. Nice, <laughs> but but like, but see see instead of instead of like going down to the Bat Cave and becoming Batman, uh, we call it uh, Eric's Fat Cave, and he becomes the Fat Man. <laughs> well, it used to be called my Fat Cave, but then you know Kevin Smith started doing Fat Man on Batman, and he calls it the Fat Cave. So now I feel like I'm ripping him off. Yeah, he's ripping you but, off. Yeah, I guess like really he is, but you know Kevin Smith's like bigger. I didn't mean like fatter. I mean he is fatter. <laughs> I love Kevin Smith though. But I have the bat suit. So what are you trying suit. to say? I, what I'm trying to say is what a what a con artist. <laughs> what a hack. Rip me off. I've got bat nipples. Yeah. George Clooney, suck it. Suck my bat nipples. No, not suck the bat nipples. <laughs> it. Suck it. It needs to be sucked. Anyway, I also played some Dead Light, but I already touched on that. So, uh, but I haven't played anything else in that little bundle, which I do want to get to Mark of the Ninja. Um, 
which I will eventually. But uh, I am excited to hear you talk about Mark okay. of the Ninja. Okay, I, I will. I will definitely get to it. Um, finished up Bioshock One. Uh, my like fifth billionth time going through that game. Yes. Started on Bioshock Two, and I think I mentioned it last podcast, but that that game I definitely think does stand toe to toe with Bioshock. Just a lot of people don't, don't give it the credit. I have really? to completely agree. It, there you go. Uh, I don't I, think it stands. See, I don't think it stands is, toe to toe with it, but I think it is really good. I, I think uh, w- when comparing, I think Bioshock's one, Bioshock one's story is really, really amazing, and I think I think yeah. way better than Bioshock two's. Uh, but I think Bioshock two pretty much does everything else better. Um, I mm. think maybe the only exception might be atmosphere. I think in Bioshock One, I remember the, the first time playing that game, and even even just recently going through it again now. The you know the atmosphere of that game just it, it's it's awesome. You're just wandering through these dark halls, and you see water just you know coming in. And Bioshock Two, I mean, has a lot of that, and it has a lot of really unique places that you know in Rapture that we didn't explore in the first one. But it, maybe it's just because you, you know it's been there. I've already been to Rapture, so I know what to expect type of, of mentality, but. Uh, other than that, I mean, gameplay-wise, Bioshock 2, I think, trumps Bioshock 1 in every conceivable way. I want to say, though, I have to sort of disagree on the story. Like, I have there, there's a couple things I have to say. One, perhaps some of my uh, reaction to Bioshock is uh, tempered by the fact that I knew what the major twist was before I played the game. Oh, uh, now that sucks. I never played Bioshock when it came out. I just kind of picked it up later. And uh, so uh, by that time, I knew who the last boss was. I knew the major uh, like twist. Man, I mean, it, I don't. I'm not going to consider spoil. I knew the twist with uh, Would You Kindly and yeah, Andrew yeah. Ryan and stuff. Oh, and so man. when I went through it, that wasn't a big deal for me. I just kind of went through. I played it on easy mode, so I could basically just beat everything to death with the wrench. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when I got to Bioshock Two. It was something I'd never done, and one thing I have to say, and this, this, I think this is true, even taking into account my knowledge of Bioshock's uh, twists, is I feel that the daughter character mm. they introduced gave me a connection to the story that wasn't there in Bioshock. Okay, fair enough. It, it kind of gave me something to emotionally invest in and say, like, okay, there's a reason I am here. Like, in Bioshock, it was kind of like, you're going through these areas, uh, uh, Atlas is like, do some things for me. And I'm like, oh, no, okay, sure. I know you're going to kill me, but whatever. Um, I think that ruined it for yeah, you. Yeah, I, I really, I really believe, do. I, I, think, I yeah. think what I'm getting from this is basically because I, what, I, what I like to say is if Bioshock 2, let's say Bioshock 2 was Bioshock 1, I think you know everyone would say Bioshock 2 then is the best one. Uh, I think you kind of went into into it like that almost like Bioshock yeah. two was your first Bioshock, even though you played Bioshock one, you knew everything. So I remember you know, when, when the twist happened for me in Bioshock one, the first, I was just like, motherfucker, are you kidding me? What? Yeah. Because, and then playing through it again, you're yeah. like, Oh man, I didn't know who to trust. Well, and then, like, well, then you know, I, I love playing through it again. And then, you know, cause when they reveal the whole, would you kindly thing? And then they kind of do like little flashbacks. You're like, what, I, what? And then going through it again, you're just like, motherfucker <laughs> yeah so that's why i'm doing all this shit and then for me i mean after that twist i thought bioshock one kind of went downhill story-wise because it just kind of you know oh here's the new bad guy you need to go kill him it, oh, it man, wasn't i loved it see i didn't like after that twist i i the game i, I still loved it obviously but it, i think it kind of went downhill a little bit you know it reached its mm-hmm. climax and then just kind of started 
going downhill. Um, but I, I think the fact that you knew going into it what happened, I think, I think I, I do think it ruined it for you. I think that yeah. probably because you didn't have the same. You knew exactly what was going to happen. You didn't have the same like what you lied to me the entire time or right. You know, no, stuff I, can, like I that. completely agree. I completely. Agree. But I do like the 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 daughter uh, character in Bioshock Two. I think that is that that mm-hmm. was a very smart and good idea. Um, yeah, that's an interesting yeah. dynamic yeah. that they added. And I, I and I think in in really you can even go as far as saying Bioshock Two had better characters even because they they, you know they brought they, had they brought a lot characters, of characters yeah and a lot well, of well although you know, who who was it was it Sanders the 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 artist guy and by the original Bioshock Co- Co- uh, with Sandra Cohen. Cohen? Maybe. Yeah, I think it's I been it's been a while. I don't remember. It was the one where you went into this area yeah. to get something, yeah, and they had like the statues that came to life uh, later on that yeah. you had to fight. Yeah, that one was awesome. Yeah, no, that that character was awesome, and and that's something that you know I was playing when I was going through Bioshock One again. In in a, a lot of ways, that game is kind of like a horror game. Mm-hmm. That game made oh, me. Yeah. That game made me jump probably more so than any horror game I've played. I, it's close with Dead, Dead Space. Space? De- it's close because <laughs> Dead Space made me jump like a little fucking girl a lot of times. Um, <laughs> but Bioshock, you know, just there's this part where you walk. I remember you, you walk into this room and and I th- it's kind of like the whole like it's it it just becomes foggy. I don't know if it's like dry ice or whatever. It just becomes really foggy and then it all dissipates and you turn around and there's a splicer right there. I'm just like holy shit. You know, they have moments <laughs> like that or when you know those. Those like uh, characters that Cohen plasters or has mm-hmm. like you know as a statue, they, some of them come to life and you didn't even expect it. And right. like in a lot of ways, it is kind of like a horror game. It makes you jump a lot and it you know kind of gets you kind of scared. And then uh, of course the first big daddy you encounter just be- he beats your ass. <laughs> uh, I mean, especially maybe not. On, I, can't, I didn't play it on easy. I played on normal, and I have played the game on hard. And that first big daddy, I'm telling you what, he just. You're just like I don't know how to beat this guy. I, I, I just I I do not know. I believe it. And um, but yeah, I, I I think Bioshock Two I think is heavily uh, underrated. I, I think that's a, a phenomenal game. That unfortunately it's just because Bioshock One was so fresh and new when it came out that, I, and some I guess would argue that. But I, so how excited are you for Infinite? I am I am pumped because it's you know, it just everything I'm seeing on it looks. Phenomenal, in, in my opinion, and they released this trailer about like the history of this the the city in the sky or whatever. And it was like, I don't think they showed any gameplay. It was more of just kind of like uh, I don't know propaganda for for the city or whatever. Uh, and it was like done in like black and white, kind of like old history class uh, or History Channel stuff like film. And it was really it was really intriguing. I'm really excited to see uh, how this all kind of because it happens before Bioshock. Um, Really? I didn't yeah, realize it was a prequel. It's, it's a prequel. So how's it going to tie into Rapture? That's, I huh. did not even know it was a prequel. Yeah, it's a, it's a prequel. I've blackout over it. Yeah, it's a, it's a prequel. So... Damn it, you've ruined my life. Well, see, they have, they have like the first 10-minute gameplay. Like they have a, a video out there that's like first 10 minutes of Bioshock Infinite. And I, re- I have not watched it. I refuse to watch it. My friend watched it, and he's like, ah, oh, god damn it. <laughs> so... Please tell me this isn't going to be a Star Wars scenario where the prequel has better technology than the sequel. Uh, well, I'm sure it's going to. Or, or no, I mean, you mean okay? I get what you're saying. Uh, where like in, in Star Wars episodes one, like the new prequel I, you're, episodes, you're they like, had like in, in Coruscant Infinite. City had yeah, like yeah. these awesome like technology. And I mean, I realize it's you know 
even even in the Bioshock example, it's kind of like we have better tech now that we can render things nicely on and we can have more polygons, et cetera, et cetera. But it was kind of like in Star Wars episodes one through three, it was like there was like a ton more technology. Everything was kind of like super advanced. And then you go to the yeah, original no, Star Wars. I, and, um, I mean, it, it doesn't it, seem like it. Well, it no, seems like it, the it, only thing that's got better technology is the, uh, the you have the, what, the sky rail, the plasmids. Well they, had, the well, they have the sky rail, which you can, like, jump on and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And I, I think you might – I mean, judging by some of the trailers, you might run into maybe points being like, okay, well, you know, this is before Rapture, but yet I have a better gun or – Right. But the big daddies they, yeah, would be the one. It seems like the with. guns have better upgrades. It's what I was reading. Yeah, but so, I, yeah, I guess there is that. that but you I, are underwater in the other one. Yeah, yeah. A lot That's of people. A lot of people are like, "Well, maybe the city, and maybe you know, Columbia falls into the ocean and becomes Rapture." Which, if you're one of those who out there who think that, that would be cool, and I think that'd be really awesome. But in Bioshock Two, there's a museum that you go through, and they explain how Rapture got built. So that kind of defeats that theory. Yeah. But I mean, they could just turn it on its head and just be like, "Yep, yeah, that. Well, forget that. This is what happens." So I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I think it because I really think it could be. Uh, game of the year. Like I, at the end of the year, if we're sitting here talking about Bioshock Infinite as game of the year, it would not surprise me. Uh, that in possibly even my personal top ten, I think it could be that good. So we'll see. You mentioned you mentioned the gun upgrades, and one thing I really hope they do, and this is a complaint I have with both Bioshock and Bioshock Two, is that uh, I hope they make the guns feel like they have weight behind them. Like, the guns in Bioshock 1 and 2 felt inconsequential sometimes, where you just, like, shoot them, and it was like, okay, I'm shooting a gun. Am I doing anything, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and in other games, like, and I realized that Bioshock's emphasis was not on, like, the realism of the guns. Yeah. It was more on the verisimilitude of the environment. Um, I I felt like they improved that in 2, though, a little bit over 1. Like, I I felt the the gunplay was uh, vastly superior in 2 than 1. Like, you actually did kind of feel... Like you were doing something to them with you know with some of the guns they gave you, but I, I definitely understand where you're coming from about being, the guns just like not feeling like they're doing much. Yeah, Dishonored's pistol would be a good example of how a simple weapon can feel like it's doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I haven't used it very much because every time I go through Dishonored or every time I have, it's been stealthy. But mm-hmm. I, I you know the times I've used it, I definitely understand where that's coming from. But yeah, Bioshock. I mean, if you if you're listening to this podcast, if you haven't played Bioshock in general, you're really missing out. Um, and I'm sorry for spoiling. Yeah, some well, it's an old game now. Uh, whatever. But at, le- at least play Bioshock Two. If you, if maybe you've played Bioshock One and maybe skip Bioshock Two because of you know, oh well, a different developer made it and whatnot. Just just play Bioshock Two. I, I guarantee you're going to be surprised about how good that game actually is. And the multiplayer, I'll, I'll tell you what, I don't think it's necessary. And I, you know, whatever. But it's actually not not bad. It was actually pretty competitive back in the day. So, uh, although I have to kind of wonder if it, we kind of have to wish people luck finding a match. Now. Oh yeah, no. Well, if, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's that's true. But back when the game first came out, actually did have a pretty big community, not like top of the Xbox Live or PSN right. charts, but it had a pretty decent community. And uh, it was, you know, standard fare, but it was pretty pretty good. I didn't feel like it was tacked on, even though I do think it wasn't necessary, but Bioshock, great series, can't wait for Infinite. Um other than that, I actually have gone back a couple years oh, well, with Bioshock I guess it's a couple years too, but uh, I continued that with uh, picked up Gran Turismo again. 
Ugh. Gran Turismo Five. Uh, I don't. I don't know how into. I know Eric's really doesn't and not into racing games. Uh, Evan, I don't know how into racing games you are, but the comparison always comes up uh, this generation. It's Forza versus Gran Turismo. I think that's the big thing. First of all, the Dirt series is the best racing game out there, so play that instead. <laughs> but uh, between these two, the way I feel, and especially playing Gran Turismo Five again, which they have made a ton of changes to that game via patches and DLC and stuff like that. The game is vastly different than what it was when it first came out. But uh, I feel like when it comes to on-track racing, physics, handling, Gran Turismo is superior by miles over Forza. Um, but when it comes to everything else, Forza is so much better than Gran Turismo. Like menus, customization, painting, just aesthetics, just everything else uh, is, is better in Forza. But Because uh, Gran Turismo, they did the whole thing where it's like half the cars, or three-fourths of the cars in the game are, are classified as standard which means they're not as detailed as the premium cars. So they, they look like HD upreses of Gran Turismo 4 cars. Mm. But then they have the premium cars. And if you're racing a premium car, and they do the same thing with tracks too, if you're racing a premium car and a premium track, I still think it's one of the best-looking games on consoles, hands down. But it's just that weird, when you're in a premium car and you're racing a standard car, it just looks so goofy. It's like, why? I'd rather you just put like 400 cars in the game all highly detailed then try to put like 1500 cars in the game and three-fourths of them look like shit and you don't want to drive that to me is the biggest problem with Gran Turismo it's just like calm down with cars I get you want to be like this whole big car museum thing but you know I'm sitting there racing an event last night where it's just like you're racing in this car or the event has restrictions you have to be this car that can like only go like 50 miles per hour it's like who wants to drive that who wants to race this event no one me? It has no historical... Like, if it, if it had some kind of historical significance in automobiles, I could see it. But it had no... It was nothing. It was like a Prius. It's like, no one wants to drive that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Me? When Me? You, when you play a racing game, you want to, like, you know, hop in a, a decently fast car right off the bat. And, you know, Ford... no, I want to ride a bicycle. No, oh, shut up. You know, Forza has... I, I want to take a bicycle. <laughs> I want to take that, that fish mobile, that, it, it, hey. for the Asian fish mobile with the three wheels. If if you want to ride bikes and go fast, play Arma 2. You can go 50 miles an hour on a bike. There you go. You want to go really fast, get a mech and steal battalion. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, though, uh, just a final thought on that is just, uh, you know, Gran Turismo 5 got a lot of flack, and I think deservedly so, because it's definitely not a game that... You well, it took forever to come out. Yeah, man. exactly, but you don't, when you play that, you don't... It doesn't justify that long. It, nothing yeah. about that game justifies, I think, what, the 7... Eight years, six, seven years it was in development, something like that. It does not justify that at all. So just just play Need for Speed. Well, yeah, most one is really awesome, but uh, I I think if you're listening and you maybe tried Gran Turismo Five at first or stayed away from it because of all the negative flack it got, uh, I will let you know that they have changed a ton of that game with updates, with patches, with DLC. It, It is kind of a you know different game almost, and I think it's more complete now than you know. This is what it should have been released as. So it's it's fun though, as far as like just driving and racing goes, because I'm a huge racing game fan. It, it it feels great. It's just some of the little tiny annoyances of that game. I'm just like that doesn't make that doesn't make sense design wise. But uh, Gran Turismo, playing some of that. Um, man, I don't know. What else did I play? Eric, what else did I play? Uh. Played some more WWE 13. Hell yeah! 
God, that again. game annoys me. The, the DLC? Just, no, no, I haven't. I thought because they're not. You know, they're not offering at least on PSN the DLC. Like you can't just download character pack one. You actually have to download the whole fan access thing to get any of the characters. Oh, that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. It's like I don't. I you know. Mm. I don't know about it. It's People seem to be choice. having problems with PS3 downloadable content. No, it's Bethesda not just, just with can't PS3. Get it's with the Xbox 360 also. Oh. But it's just weird how you not offer up the character packs separately. Yeah. I just, I completely forgot about that. They they started kind of shooting towards that with WWE 12, and then I forgot they just went full-fledged with 13. Oh, that sucks, because that's where Damian Sandow and Antonio Cesaro yeah. is. Oh. That game, and maybe it's just me being really nitpicky when it comes to like sports games, and I do classify that as a sports game because it's it is a sports yeah. game. Uh, for me, you know, because they're annual releases, I don't think they're ever as good as they could be. Uh, there's obviously resources that they don't put in the game. Maybe they don't have time, or they just save for another game down the road. Maybe they don't want to put all their time and effort, which I think EA does this with their football games. Why put all time and effort into it to make it perfect? Because you you need something next year to talk up. So keep something out, and then talk that well, up they, next year. They've you been know? doing that for a while, though, where yeah. they've been adding something new every year for the last few years yeah, now. But, so. but you look at it, and it's like stuff that could have been added 10 years ago. Yeah, well, and the DLC is a little bit bullshit. Yeah. Just because like they showed the DLC a few months before it even went gold, and it's like, wait, just, you, you just can, put those yeah, in there. Yeah, you, you can't just put him in the game? Like, what? Yeah. I don't I don't understand that. But the, the, give me, the, give the me little, my Sandow. The minor annoyances I have just, you know, like, uh, I still think the wrestlers kind of move and look really stiff. Uh, it's, it's vastly better than what it has been. I will give them that. But, because uh, I've gone back and, you know, and, and looked at the other ones. But... In, in like the creation system, I, I I love because it's so in depth and you can create some amazing things with it. But at the yeah, same time, there's it, there's it, no game that does but, but see, create a whatever that does it better than WWE. But, but see, here's the thing: it's, it's kind of like the same thing I feel about like Forza and its paint booth. I don't care <clears> to go in there and do all the intricate details and make this a thing. I just want to go in there and create a decent looking superstar that looks believable. And I feel that's really hard to do. Because if you just take, like, ten minutes to create a superstar, he looks fucking ridiculous. He looks stupid. And it's like, I'm going for realism. I'm not going to create the Hulk. I don't want to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, for me, it's like, keep all those options there for those people who want to spend four hours making a, a superstar. I just want to go in and make a decent-looking superstar. Make, like, a quick creation option or something like that. You know? You know? The greatest Kevin Steen ever. Just throwing that out there. Kevin Steen took me like two hours to make. But see, I, I don't it. want to spend two hours making a superstar, though. Well, I needed to because I am a purist when it comes to these things. I needed to make Kevin Steen. Yeah. The only thing that sucked was not being able to do the package pile driver the right way just because it's like illegal in most places to even use that move hmm. because it's so goddamn dangerous and people but, do it wrong. But see, it's the kind of like to compare it, make it, make it a little bit easier to understand. It's kind of like Forza. Forza's paint booth. I mean, I'm sure you guys have maybe seen some of the creations people will come up with in Forza. They're ridiculous, like almost photorealistic paintings on these cars that people do. And they take hours, if not days to do, if not weeks. Uh, and they do that all just by like, you know, triangles, squares and circles and stuff like that. I just want to go in and make a decent looking car with maybe like a pinstripe. And I feel like it's impossible to do. 
Well, it strikes me as like um, I can kind of sympathize with your uh, character creation in the wrestling game because uh, I used to play uh, Soul Calibur Five with some friends. Yeah, and uh, I think their creation system is really awesome. Uh, and I'm one of the I, I spent a lot of time creating my own custom character. I really liked it, uh, and I had a fun time um, kind of doing a lot of the detail. But one nice thing that they had is, and it sounds like it kind of addresses some of your uh, issues with uh, Forza and the wrestling game, is that they had, like, costume sets. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you wanted to have a certain look, you could immediately go on and say, okay, make him look like a samurai, or make this person look like a samurai. I think WB13 maybe has templates, but they don't work as well. They have the first one. I, I just don't feel like those... Because, like, you know, when I create a wrestler, I, I don't, like I said, I don't get fancy. I don't create these, like, ridiculous characters. I just want to create, like, you know, I kind of picture, like, if I was, like, 150 pounds heavier of, and pure muscle and I was a wrestler, what would I want to look like? And I could never fucking do it because I don't want to <laughs> sit there and adjust my cheek size. Right. My ass cheek size. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I feel like they could do maybe, like, a, I forget what game had it. They have, like, a quick creation. And they have a, a like a fully detailed like ridiculous creation for those people who want to spend hours creating something that looks really good, you know. But for people like me who just want to create a superstar really quick, make them look believable and, and stuff like that, have like kind of like a quick create to go in there and mess around. But and, and the other little things that bother me about that game is just basically me just nitpicking because I do this with every sports game I play. I'm just like, that's not right. That should be more detailed. That's not the right color of that, you know, and especially with the attitude error. I'm just like, that's wrong. That's not how this happened. You know, they, they definitely take some liberties in, in doing stuff that's like that. That's not how that happened. Dolph yeah. Ziggler came in and beat everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But it's little things like that, that, you know, uh, and like I said, the character, the looks of the wrestler still kind of bug me. I don't think I, I'm excited to see what, I don't know if they ever made it official of 2K buying out the license. I don't know if that's a, a they I don't think they've made it official, but I that think, was the rumor. I think as of right now, I think they do own it. Okay. I could be wrong. I think they're I think they're playing they're playing coy okay. at this point. I don't time. know if they're going to keep the development team Ukes on it or what they're going to do, but Got I know it. if if they kind of do the same thing with their other sports games, which could be hit or miss because their NBA games are fantastic, but the rest of their sports games kind of suck. Regardless, those games have really great presentation. And, like, really great announcing and just they, they nail the, like, lifelike presentation as best you can. And I think that's what WWE needs because, like, you know, throwing, like, in one of the attitude moments, it's like throwing Mankind off the top of the Hell in a Cell. It's just like, oh, he went through the announce table. Oh, shit. There he went. I'm just like, that does not, <laughs> that's not exciting, you know? And then if you hit someone with a chair, they're just like, oh, that's going to leave a mark. I'm like, oh, my God, this is awful. You know 2K should have just bought the Fire Pro Wrestling series. Yes. Even non-wrestling fans can get into those games just because they're so fucking awesome. You can create anybody. And most of the people that you want to create, even the indie guys, are in that game as like something else. You just change the colors on them and bam, there they are. Yeah. Like El Generico was already in there. Kevin Steen was already in there. Like Davey Richards. They're all already in there. Th- those games are awesome. When's the last time we got a good one? PlayStation 2? Oh, Fire Pro Wrestling? Yeah. Uh, well, there was that Kinect game. 
Yeah, that doesn't count. That doesn't that, count. No, they did. They did make one. They did. They did. They did make one for PS2. Uh, yeah, I, I think know. that's the last time we need a new one. I want one for Steam. You can I, play them on the computer. I just think. I, I just think, and if this goes with all sports games, whether it be wrestling, football, or whatever, there needs to be more than one publisher or developer making one, because it creates competition, and that's that's good. If EA, like, look at them. They fucking like their FIFA games are really awesome. Because there's another feat, there's another soccer game out there that guess what is really awesome. So they have to keep pushing themselves. Their football games really suck. Their American football games, excuse me, really suck because there's no other people making them, and they don't they don't they don't have to push themselves yeah. because it's the only like I love college football. Unfortunately, I buy college football every year, and I hate that. But I <laughs> I feel like I have to to play college football, and I have no other choice. And they know that, so there's like. <laughs> We're not going to try. You yeah. could just join a college that has a football team, and then you can play football. I could. I'm, I'm... scrawny little fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but that's uh, that's, that's it. WWE 13 plays some of that. And, uh, you know. mm. I do it's like the Attitude Era, though. I really do. Just seeing yeah, uh, some but... of those videos and stuff like that. I bring I'm back sorry, memories. Think about think about Fire Pro Wrestling if they had like a story mode. Yeah. No. Oh, absolutely. Doesn't that kind of give you a half? chub yeah that and i think in the next the, whenever they make the next wrestling game the roster needs to be like 100 wrestlers if not more they just need to bring it out bring out a new fire pro wrestling that's still that's my answer to everything right now yeah new fire pro yeah that's uh that's all we've been playing mm-hmm. i guess huh? mm-hmm. i think now is a good time to take a little short little commercial break i think evan's playing footsie with me is that, that yeah yeah that's you <laughs> that's not his foot <laughs> Sorry, this office is a little bit small. I mean, the only office in this place that's big is Jimmy's. Fucking massive. Takes up a whole floor. I'm just trying to exert my dominance underneath the table. <laughs> but with that, we are going to take a short little break um, and uh, hear from our good friends over at the MOZ, MailOrderZombie.com. They have some uh, awards coming up, right, Eric? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like your little pass off. Yes, the uh, the Dead Letter Awards. Go vote. It soon we'll have like the official nominees up. But if you want to write in any, you can write in your nominee for certain zombie categories. And yep. Jimmy and I will luckily will be hosting on there. We will be uh, giving away the award for best zombie game of the year. Yep. So. But with that, we'll be right yeah. back, guys, in a few short... Well, if you're listening to this, it'll be like a minute, but, you know. Yeah, and possibly we'll be back with maybe another Galactic Gaming Maybe, version. if he quits maybe. being lazy, damn it. Possibly. One way or the other, we'll probably be coming back with another member of Galactic Gaming yep. All right, see you in a few seconds. Let's... Stage one of the fifth annual Dead Letter Awards has begun. Head over to MailOrderZombie.com, and over on the right in the menu, you're going to see Dead Letter Awards. Click on that, and that's going to take you to the open nominations for the 2012 Mail Order Zombie Dead Letter Awards. Now, all the instructions are there on the website, but just to kind of break it down real quick, 
basically we need your help to help build the official ballot, which will be released next month here on Mail Order Zombie. Head over to MailOrderZombie.com, click on Dead Letter Awards, and just fill in the blanks. You got a favorite zombie book that came out in 2012 you think we should consider for the Dead Letter Awards? A favorite anthology, a favorite e-book, favorite movie, favorite television show, maybe one that's not called The Walking Dead because I'd really like to have more than one nominee in that category. Head on over there and let us know what you think. Fill in as many as you want. If you've got a handful of zombie movies you want us to consider, fill in the blank with all of them. And then come back to the next episode of Mail Order Zombie, episode 201, and we'll talk about the official ballot as well as the contest that we're going to be launching in conjunction with the 5th Annual Dead Letter Awards. The open nomination period runs through February 12th. And we're back. Hello. Hi. Uh, Hello. And we brought we brought someone else with us. Uh, we we bumped into Marcus in the hallways okay. here at the headquarters, and we were just like, "Hey, dude, you want to be on the second part of the the podcast?" And he said, "Sure, why not?" So, Marcus, sure, welcome, not? welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be here, guys. Finally. Oh. Be careful where you put your foot. Uh, Evan and I were messing around under the uh, desk. So why couldn't you at least like clean it up? At least. Uh, well, I wasn't thirsty at the moment. I mean, with a napkin. <laughs> that's. Uh, I, I think that's degrading to clean it with a napkin. <laughs> this is Sometimes you want to save the, the seed. It's uh-huh. just cold on the floor. It's dying. You at least want to clean it up. Anyway, yeah. some important news. Oh, Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl 34-31. Oh, yeah! Over the Yay. 49ers. I lost. I'm, I'm just excited about that because the Ravens were running, or not the Ravens, the San Francisco was running red, and I hate red. That's an awful color. I was I was voting for the Tigers to win. <laughs> the Tigers, nice. Cause you know That's my college football team. They were really bad. <laughs> anyway, moving on to some actual news. This is now the news segment of the show. Um, got some interesting stuff for you guys tonight. I think. Oh yeah, maybe. maybe. You don't know anything yes. about it. No. Uh, Skyrim DLC is coming out for PS3. Fuck off! God damn it. Yes. I mean, Eric may not be the biggest. Now they too. They too. The PS3 players too can experience the mediocrity that was Dawn Guard. Yeah. <laughs> It's so bad. It's, it's enough that they didn't get to have it when they came out. They had to wait like months. Well, and then we're gonna bash this, it. this is the this is the release schedule. Uh, Dragonborn comes out February twelfth with Heartfire following on the nineteenth and Dawnguard on the twenty sixth. So they're doing it in, in reverse order, I guess. That's right. It sounds like, like the Dark, best order. Dong. And then uh, it's all fifty percent off for the first week, I believe. So yes. Or the, or the month. I think it's the month, actually. I think so. It's enough time for them to be like, hey, I'm sorry for making you wait yeah. so long. Here you go. Uh, which, then, which, by the way, if you're still playing Skyrim, I'm on now. <laughs> and then, no, to be said, fair, if you're still playing Skyrim, there's a lot to do in it. There is, it, but it's not 
very good. It's not our maybe, game. Maybe they're just playing a couple hours a night. I mean, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, but but around around this time, you're gonna have Dead Space if you haven't played it, Metal Gear Rising. You're gonna have Crisis Three. <laughs> Sly, yeah. Sly Cooper. Come on, you got some good stuff here coming out. So, a lot of good stuff, my friends. Can I can I ask you a question? Did you say it's going to be fifty percent off? Yes. Yes. Oh, good. Because like fifty percent of the game probably won't work. So that's good. Well, yeah. I mean, make <laughs> make sure your make sure your safe files don't get too too ridiculous now, because you know, crash on you. Hey Bethesda, it's me. It's me, Eric Lee Lewis. I'm talking to you still, Bethesda. You, really you want to have a conversation? Like Bethesda, I really liked Dishonored, even though you had no part in it. I still really like Dishonored. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's 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 an arcane game, not a. And I and I, re- I really enjoyed Rogue Warrior. So keep up the good work there. <laughs> they really didn't do that, did they? No, but I'm just saying. Oh, okay. I was and Brink. That. Brink was also really good. So. Oh, you know. don't talk to me about Brink. That game is so disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it wasn't. I got that and, game thinking it'd be the next bad company too, and it wasn't. And then Rage. Rage was oh. awesome until the ending when nothing fucking happened. I thought mm. the sequel was gonna come, maybe. No, nothing Wait, happened. Rage had the greatest online mode ever because it was all car combat for no reason. But you know what? That actually was pretty fun. I'm not gonna lie. I I, I thought I hated it. I thought I was gonna hate it, and I played it, and I was like, okay, this is this is actually pretty enjoyable. This, but the this, ending, this not the, point. the ending, That's... you pushed a fucking button. You mean it was like Deus Ex Human Revolutions? <laughs> yes, but not as exciting. Because I will say that, that ended in a nice way. That game had a point to the ending, like Deus yeah. Ex Human Revolutions ending actually felt noteworthy in a way like in the the emotion that it conveyed in you depending on what you did well you beat it Eric? oh yeah I, I beat it pretty quickly actually because i hacked everything so i got so nice. many experience points for doing that that i just ran through it nice. and i good. was using a gun with explosive rounds anyway that the yep, oh, nice. All the DLC is coming out, so for you guys who want to yep, play that, fifty percent off for the fifty percent. But if you're in, if you're into playing uh, RPGs that are older uh, and whatnot, just play Kingdoms of Almalar. It'll be much better, I, I assure you. Anyway, there you go. Some more news. Just I, wait, 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 wait. Give them a second because you just truthed all over their face. Yeah. Uh, uh Sony is releasing a red PS3. Awesome. So, in so, the UK, isn't it? No, it's US too. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. oh okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's US. Uh, yeah. But it's it's called the God of War. Uh, oh, what's it called? The Legacy Pack. Was Leg- it? Legacy Pack. It comes with a red PS3. It's n- it's the new slim model with the really cheap design, s- slide open top thing, with a red controller. It actually, looks kind of cool. Um, I didn't realize it was red. It looks pink. No, it's red. Nah, it looks red. No, I don't know Why how you. Oh, wow. Mean, so Evan, are you gonna buy this since you like red? <laughs> See, no, but okay. <laughs> I, I, I do have to. I do have to say something here. What makes me really mad is they so they have this God of War bundle in America, and that's pretty cool. God of War is a good franchise, um, worth picking up if, and especially if you don't have a PS3, it's a great way to pick it up. But in the UK, they have a bundle that's just a PS3 with two controllers, and they have a red and a blue one. And Ooh. even though I would never get the blue one because I have one of the first gen PS3s that can play PS2 games, and therefore it's superior to every PS3 ever, um, I still have no way to get this blue one, even if I wanted it. And I'm like, guys, I would. Well, so maybe, money. maybe because you know, for the longest time it was just here in uh, the U.S. We just got black. Yeah, that's all we got. And then uh, a couple about a month ago, we we get we have the white one now, which is actually pretty sexy looking. Although white gets really dirty really quick. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, well, that's uh, black what happens dirty, with no. the white ones. They do get dirty. <laughs> and, and then the red one's coming out now. So maybe we'll get a blue one. I don't know. Maybe maybe Sony finally realized that, hey, people in America would like these different color options. Instead of every month being like, oh, there's a new color coming out to Japan. Here's a yellow I, one. I don't think that's, Here's don't a, think that's Sony. Maybe, neon green maybe one. PS4 maybe PS4 will just know. come out with, you know, four colors at launch, hopefully. Just Hope, pick which one you want. I'm hoping for a neon green. Oh, Lego. oh man! Yeah. Anyway, it's called the God of War Legacy Bundle. It comes with every single God of War game. So, every is, that in, is that just the console releases, um, or is no. counting like the Vita titles ported? The PS2 no, ones. Because you, yeah. you get the you get the God of War Saga, which or, or the God of War Trilogy Collection, which comes with all with comes with three, one, two, and then the two PSP games. Oh, all, all oh, yeah, right. yeah, it comes oh. with them. Uh, all redone in HD. So you're getting every single oh, God of War game. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, obviously we shit on Kratos on the show for good reason. He's not a very <laughs> deep character. But as far as gameplay goes, I think God of War is one of the most, you know, it's a really great series. I, I think everyone should play it. Well, in the first one, actually, the narrative was a lot stronger because it was actually a Greek tragedy. Yeah, that, yeah that's because true. we didn't know too much about Kratos yet. Well, and, and then they released this live action trailer where, you know, it shows Kratos crying a little bit. And it's like, do you really want me to? Are you trying to make me feel for this asshole? Uh, this well, is dude. He's an just, asshole for a reason, isn't he? I mean, Come I guess, on. but there's no character depth to him. He just screams. No, no, I'm, I'm yeah. hoping he. Uh, they messed with it with three a little bit with, um, oh, Pandora. But even in the PSP ones, when he uh, finally met his daughter, and, I like, guess uh, uh, you know. But still, to me, he doesn't. I think a lot of, and this is probably mostly Sony fanboys, I guess, but. A lot of people are like Kratos is the greatest character ever, and I'm just like, ah, I don't know about that. You, you've there actually is. heard that from somebody? Oh yeah, and most well, oh, a man. lot of time from bros though. The same people who just play Call of Duty, they they the only other game they pick up is is God of War because you know you beat the shit out of everything, and there's you know whatever, and it's like Kratos is the most dominant character ever. He's so awesome and epic. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, all right, whatever. So anyway. <laughs> I do think it's a series worth playing, though. So, and if you don't have a PS, if you don't have a PS3, I think you know it's three hundred fifty bucks, but you get a five hundred gig hard drive. You know, it's you're a little bit you're a little bit late, but I mean, there's still a lot of great games to play for it. So, you know, I, I'd like to think that we like bring in a smarter crowd to our podcast. So I'm gonna guess that a lot of them don't really care for Kratos but the games are good he's just a really well, see, the thing is is like when it comes to gameplay wise you know I think they're I think the gameplay is phenomenal I think it's one of the best like I, I don't know if you'd consider it hack and slash I don't I would yeah, consider yeah, it. yeah, yeah definitely okay I, I, I think it's you know I, I always enjoyed God of War gameplay way better than Devil May Cry gameplay I might be in a minority there, but I always thought it was way more fluid. Uh, and Devil May Cry was a different breed. It was yeah, way yeah. more technical. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's fair as well. I think that I think that you'd probably get a fifty-fifty split on on, on people, that yeah. on which one was better with the combat, Devil May Cry or God of War. I'm I'm obviously on like the Devil May Cry side. Same with me. Like I think that that gameplay and the combo system is just more fun and more yeah. more fluid especially now i but... definitely under well i mean with a new one i mean i'm not taking into account the new one which i think oh the, i'm taking I, into account the new one also. If, I, if i take into account the new one i would have to say devil may cry then because the new one's combat is fucking amazing um, yeah you hear that you, you hear that street you hear that jovan yeah yeah it's amazing 
I mean, are we forgetting the underdog contender here, though? I mean, Dante's Inferno was... Dante's Inferno, actually. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was about as good as, it mar- as its marketing. Yeah, absolutely, was. yeah. I loved when he stuck himself with the needle and it pulled back and showed him screaming. It was one of the most horrific scenes. Like, just because it was so Look, bad and, like, the voice the, acting was so terrible. The scary thing about that game Beatrice. is the books Beatrice. were better and those books... Are really hard to get through because they were written a long time yes, ago. Yes, yes, they're. I tried. Oh, they're tried. There, but I don't think I didn't think Dante's Inferno was a terrible game. I, I thought it was. It, it was enjoyable. Mm, it was I enjoyable thought. for like a playthrough. Yeah, not not more than one, but uh, and I still think though God of War Three is one of the best looking games on the PS3. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Especially the scale of the characters. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, I've seen, uh, there's some gameplay out, and uh, there was actually a big preview event for God of War Ascension, and a lot of journalists are actually openly coming out and talking about it now, because the embargo was up on it. And apparently it's really good, which, you know, uh, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite journalists, uh, Adam Sussler, came out and talked about it. And, yes. Uh, he talked about it, and I, it got me intrigued. It actually got me excited for a game that I wasn't really excited for, because I'm going to play it, and I'm going to enjoy it, I know that, but it's God of War, I'm not expecting a whole lot, but he got me kind of excited for it, so uh, we'll see. You know, uh, I think Sunday or Monday we get to hear Greg Miller and Colin Moriarty talk about uh, The Last of Us. Yeah, which I'm, I mean, we've seen gameplay of that game. That game looks ridiculous. Yeah, but they actually, like, this is the first that the press is actually getting their hands on it. So now we're actually going to know what's up. And the reviews for these Sony games usually come out way early. Like, Sony's like, yeah, the embargo's up, you can go and review it. That's why I'm surprised, like, Sly Cooper hasn't been reviewed yet by anyone. Because I remember Killzone 3 was reviewed like four weeks before it came yeah. out. That game, the Sly Cooper embargo has been really tight. Yeah. Which, That's I, hope that, I hope that game is good, but it's not going to sell. <laughs> um, Colin Moriarty said it's really good. Like, he's been breaking embargo by yeah. going through loopholes. Yeah. And he's talking about how it's really good, but it's not going to sell for no, shit. And Colin, since we're talking about our favorite journalist, Colin Moriarty. I love Adam Sessler also, but God damn it, Colin Moriarty. Did you see Adam Sessler on Fox News? Or it was it Fox I News? Yeah. That. Yeah, he was, was on Fox News, and uh, he was talking about violent video games. He, he, I tell you what, like he should be going and talking to Congress if they're going to have meetings because yes, he, he is so knowledgeable and he brings up points and he, you know, it's just he's a smart man. I, I, I think he and him. he and Colin Moriarty should have should go to Congress together. Talk to them. Congress would, their heads would literally explode. Yep. Literally explode. Just. But anyway, moving on to some more news. Is that the sound of head exploding? That's, that's, that's that's the sound. Okay. Anyway, Grand Theft Auto V, probably the most anticipated game of the year for some people. For some people. That was head exploding. Sorry. Uh, has actually been pushed back now to September 17th. Yep. Which I'm not surprised. I mean, It, it hasn't been pushed back. Well, no, they they came out and said it's going to be in spring. Yeah, yeah they never well, gave a date, but they said spring. It's that's not something. The, really, that's not something we didn't, but we didn't they a, said they, spring. They did say spring. They did. So that got everyone thinking. Think okay, May, date. April, and they just said, "Nope, fuck spring. It's going to be fall now." <laughs> yeah. I'm actually glad they're doing it. I'm glad they're doing it because, yeah. as far maybe, as I know, nothing's maybe, coming out around that time. So. Well, maybe, uh, perhaps, maybe they want this to be the last big game before the. No, though this is this is yeah this is this is going to be the last hurrah for this generation. Now that could be wrong. I mean, you know, for PS2, like there's there were some good games that came out after PS3 came out, but just looking at it now, 
and not digging too deep into it, this this probably you know could be the last big hurrah for this generation. Yep. So well, and one interesting thing I saw about it um, over on Gama Sutra, uh, Chris Morris wrote uh, about how that this delay could cause like an industry wide ripple ripple effect. Oh yeah. Be- uh, in, in a couple of ways. One, it's basically going to be dropping uh, shortly before holiday season, and that is going to mess with a ton of stuff because there was also some other high-profile titles coming out around the time, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure. The only, I mean, the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is like you know, Splinter Cell was coming out in August. Battlefield, I think, and then no, Battlefield. Battlefield's next year. They, uh, EA said it's going to be next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but Call of Duty, obviously, I can't wait to see who sells more. But um, in in terms of the console sales, it's it's kind of projected that new consoles will start coming out early next year, and since and Grand Theft Auto Five is usually a system seller. Oh and so my it, god! Yeah. It if they release five on old consoles it could have this weird effect where it gets people to stay with the older generation rather than oh, absolutely. upgrading to the new absolutely. ones. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, who knows? Like, I think, Eric, you said that, you know, you think it's going to be on the new new consoles as well. Yeah, right? definitely. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to cross over uh, and have, like, maybe a couple of extra missions yeah. and the yeah. the graphics are going to be upgraded a I mean, little this, bit. I mean, that could be very, that could very well be the truth as well, but it, I think it also comes down to, like, if these new systems, which both are rumored, I believe, to not have backwards compatibility at this point, um, mm-hmm. it keeps going back and forth between them, but if they don't, then that, that could be a real serious hit for them because, I mean, like, like you said, I mean, Grand Theft Auto, why get a PS4 when I can get Grand Theft Auto 5 for the PS3 right now? I'll just get yeah. a PS4 later on down the road. But if these systems do have, like, some kind of, like, oh, yeah, you can play your PS3 games on your PS4, then people might just be like, okay, well, I'll just get a PS4 and Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Like, you know, but then again, if there is, like, a special uh, edition, which I, Eric, I kind of I kind of agree with you on this, but I don't think it'll come out as well. this new systems come out. Like I think if they're going to do a Grand Theft Auto Five on a new system, it'll with extra features and stuff. It'll be a couple months after. Mm-hmm. Mm, I could I could see that. I yeah. mean, if this game's coming out in September now, and the new console launches, uh, according to Sony, the future of the PlayStation business is in 2013, is what they've been saying. So we're getting the new console this year, according to Sony. Yeah. So well, I mean the future uh, the, they still haven't said it's a console so we're still speculating even though we're we'll all get to pretty that. sure we'll get to that and uh yeah I, I think that at this point in time it, it's it has a chance of doing that but who knows i mean rockstar doesn't exactly go with the grain no they don't anything they go against the grain I, all the time i feel bad for pretty much every title though coming out in the holiday season <laughs> yeah I mean, it, yeah. it's it's not even like one of those things. Yeah. Like you know, we say that about Call of Duty, but like this year, I mean, Assassin's Creed almost sold ten million. Uh, Halo, I think, sold what five, six million, maybe a little bit more than that. So I mean, you know, but Grand when Theft you mention these things, what? As soon as you mention these things, I think that what Jonathan Blow said this past week, I, I you make me want to believe what he said, What's where that? he said that people are buying dog food placed in different cans. And eating it, thinking that it's the same thing. Yeah, but like these, these are people are buying such trash. Like people bought Assassin's Creed Three, they bought 
like 10 million units sold? Well, well I mean, it's Assassin's production value. Well, some people, <sighs> some people had Assassin's Creed 3 in their top 10, you asshole. So. Uh, yeah, I know, and those people are just idiots. It's your personal taste. I really oh. enjoy the Assassin's Creed series. Um, you don't, so there you go. I it's think that taste. Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's well, Creed 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. I think, oh, the, I think the major thing about 3 that, that's kind of its redeeming factor is it, it resolved a major part of the story. But it did, uh, it, but it did it, it very shitty. Bad mechanics and bad glitches. Well, see, the uh, thing and, is, and I'm, is not, like, I'm not disagreeing. I don't think the uh, mechanics are as bad as everyone says they are. Yes, they do need fixed and upgraded, but they're to me, they're very playable, and because I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fan, I don't mind them. But for someone who's not an Assassin's Creed fan, I see where you're coming from. But yeah, but dude, I can't. Okay, I love, okay. So, so I love Resident Evil, but I can't give a pass to Operation Raccoon City. That's a good point. Because it, that was a okay. But that was way too down the line. Even I like it, but I wouldn't say it was a good Resident Evil game. When I'm talking about like that, like a, for a spinoff, it was a good game. But for a Resident Evil game, no, it was bad. It's I, true. I, I enjoyed Assassin's Creed Three. I thought it was a very well done game. I thought it just had a little bit of issues here and there. They didn't. They, they may not have capitalized on a whole lot of stuff that they they should have. And the uh, ending of Desmond's story was fucking retarded. But I That's hated. I, I hated Desmond's story from the very start. The very fucking start. I could care less about Desmond's story. I did not care. No. See, I one actually. Bit. I, I disagree. I I cared. No, I did not. I mean, the whole he's the damn he was the main character, and then it was like. Well, see, the thing is, is what, what Assassin's Creed needs to do because they're an annual series anyway. They should just scrap that whole storyline, which I mean, who who knows what they'll do now, and ju- and just and just make it a just a, like okay, we're gonna because they fucking recreated these periods of time so well, and that's yeah, what that's I love. Therefore. So just just make those. Just make games like that. I will be yeah, perfectly happy. Right now with that. it's too. It's way well, too. Desmond's dead, Marcus. I think. Wait, I dead? think what they. Yeah, he died I at think... the end of three. Wait, what? Yes. This why I should have played the game. He dies. Yes. I'm super tight. Wait, he really died? At no. the very end, unless there was some secret ending that I just did no, not miss. No, I heard. I heard the same. Wait, he's. Um, really... No. I think the thing with Desmond is. That I don't. I don't his... really care about spoilers. That fucking storyline was trash. <laughs> Here's... Story... I asked what. Her. If you remove him, I think they had some interesting things going for them before three, where it's kind of the whole like religion is referencing this kind of like sci-fi ancient alien race and the apples of Eden are like these uh, artifacts of power. And there's a larger like it, it kind of plays to that really interesting idea of like we're part of a bigger universe that we don't know about. And it's kind of like first contact almost. Yeah. And that's like, what really intrigued me about it is like they were taking religion and doing something interesting with it. And then I, I heard from a friend about the ending and it just seemed totally unsatisfying. No, it, it was. It was that, that was one of my grapes. But that's why you know I, I didn't give it, I think. I mean, yeah. it had some glitches and stuff, but I didn't really give it that high of a score. But that's the only reason I would say Desmond's story was interesting is because I think the stuff going on around him <laughs> – was, yeah, was what but I, I, I bought into. I guess maybe because I'm a history nut, I really like the historical like yeah. recreations of time, of periods of time. I think that they do that so well. And maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just uh, too into that to look, to, to really look into like the problems of the game. But that is so awesome in my mind that they could just scrap a whole modern day idea and just continue with this whole Templar or just be like, okay, yeah, this is a new time period. You're just an assassin, whatever. Go have fun. I'd be like, okay. You know, here's here's the problem. 
there's a, a series who did this thing with aliens better, and it was called Destroy All Humans. <laughs> Going through different bring... time periods I, and I all just think, other kind of I, I just think with some people, I think annual series, and for most part, I can understand, but I think for games that come out every year, for series that come out every year, it's, it's this like thing where you have to hate it because it comes out every year. I really think for a lot of people, that's like the biggest problem. They, you know, it's just like, well, it comes out every year, so it has to suck. Like, I don't like Call of Duty, but it does a lot of things pretty fucking well. It really does. But I think a lot of people in this industry who's a journalist and not just gamers in general just hate on the game because it comes out every year. Like, I don't care for playing it, but I think it does some stuff fairly, fairly well and better probably than a lot of other games. The biggest problem with the Call of Duty series isn't the games themselves. It's the community. The that they don't take any chances. It's the community. Yeah. Yeah, My well, God. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that we have some listeners that, here that are in the Call of Duty community, and they're probably not douchebags or not as big of douchebags. And if um, you're a douchebag, I'm sorry that you're a douchebag. But nonetheless, <laughs> it, it sucks that you have to be grouped in with those people that are bigger douchebags. Yeah. Really, I think uh, what it comes down that. to, though, is it's Xbox Live. <laughs> yes no, and no. no, it happens yes on PlayStation and... too. I, I play Call. I, when I when okay, Black Ops enough. Two came off, I played it on PlayStation. Yeah. The, the, the redeeming quality for PlayStation is doesn't ship with a headset, so little kids don't automatically have <laughs> a headset. <laughs> Those little shits, as we call yeah. them. If you want to go out and buy a headset, if you don't want to get a shitty Bluetooth one, you actually have to spend a, a decent amount of money. So, yeah, yeah we'll just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just going back to like the whole Grand Theft Auto thing, though. I think. I'm anxious to see because we know there's going to be a new Call of Duty this year. Of course, yeah. I, I mean, and even if it's a, even if because it's probably going to be next Modern Warfare. I think there's already been rumors about it, whatever. And it could be a complete total disaster. It's still going to sell ridiculous. I just can't wait to see yeah, yeah. what like sells. Creed three. Oh my god. Oh my. God. I can't wait to see who sells more. I actually have to somewhat take. Or take up the unpopular opinion here and say, like, I do not care at all that Grand Theft Auto Five is coming out. Like, when 4 <laughs> came out, I, I was like, okay, maybe this is the one that I will finally like the story. And I got into <laughs> 4, and it started out great. You were kind of, like, in the, the, the position where you're like, I'm gonna help my cousin, but I have to do some bad things. I'm not a bad person, really, I don't think. But then by the end of the game, you're just like, yeah, I don't care. I'm a bad person. You know, characters, a total shithead. Uh, and I, Grand Theft Auto has constantly had these stories that just put me off because it's like, you're going to be a drug dealer, crime lord. And I'm like, I don't want to be that. I, uh, I, I, I feel like with – I get where you're coming from because 4, I think – you know, before we started this up again, we were actually just discussing about most overrated games or games that maybe got a little bit too much praise or you don't necessarily see what other people sees, see in it. Grand Theft Auto 4 is one of those games for me. I think the world is done well. Uh, I think some of the side activities that you can do are... Like, I, I loved going to a comedy club and watching Cat Williams. Like, that was <laughs> that was pretty clever. I, I, I was like, okay, yeah, this is cool. I hated Nico Bellic with an un... Like, I, I hate him. One of the worst... We, you know, <laughs> I hate him. I just I can't stand him. And for wait, me... Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Marcus, do the Nico Bellic voice. I do it again. That was terrible. Was it, no, do it. Was it Jamaican? I want to see if you come out a Jamaican again. No, I used to do it really. Well. I need to hear his voice again. I'm not gonna do it again. Um, but yeah, I oh, hate. Fuck. I hated the story of Grand. Grand Theft Auto Four really put a sour taste in my mouth about that series. I wasn't a huge. Yeah. Fan, I was not a huge fan of San Andreas, like most people were. But I thought yep. that game had a I'll lot of. That game had a lot of really cool, like many things to do, and there was a lot of shit to do in that game. But Vice City and Three for me are phenomenal games. That I love. 
and like Agreed. I cherish those games. Mm-hmm. San Andreas, okay, uh, I, I finished it. I, I could play through it. Didn't really care for it a whole lot. And then four just completely ruined it for. Me. I was just like, this is if this is the direction they're going to go in. I I don't want any part of it. But five, I'm kind of excited about, it, and I just think it's because you know since four we've had Red Dead Redemption. My God, you're well, saying the Saints exact Row. same things that I was going to say. And, and and Red Dead for me was like I wasn't expecting a good story in that game because with the other Grand Theft Autos, there really wasn't a whole you know story wise. I mean, Bully, I had a story, but it really wasn't. You know, Rockstar, I didn't think did very great story in games, but then Red Dead came out and blew me away. Like yeah. one of my favorite games of all time, definitely in my top five, <laughs> and that game is just phenomenal. So I'm thinking, hopefully they learn some stuff from that that they can put into Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, you can play as three different characters, and apparently if you switch off, that other character just goes about doing his own business. Like you can actually run into him on the streets or something like that. Which is kind of cool. Which sounds it, right? interesting. Like I don't know what kind of story this game's going to have, and I hope to God it's a good one. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm kind of excited for it. And I think Red Dead kind of restored some of that you know, that, that I lost previously. You know, yeah. you know, the, one of the other interesting things also, since that Saints Row the third had come out yes, and yes. that, and, and since Volition works with Rockstar in a weird capacity, I'm really excited to see what happens with Grand Theft Auto four or but, five, but even I, more. but I don't think we should expect the over the topness of Saints Row because that's not what Grand Theft Auto no, is. No, no, that's that's yeah. why they work with each other yeah. because they get to experience the I, I other side. They're... That's why Rockstar worked on some of Saints Row the Third to get to do something yeah. goofy with it. I think I really think that like there should be some degree of silliness in Grand Theft Auto. I mean, there always has been. Mm-hmm. But not to the extent of like Saints Row, where like the first, you know, you're you're hanging from this uh, b- bank vault that they mm. pulled out of a building, and you're shooting down helicopters left and right, and then you then you're up in this plane, you fall out, and then you dive bomb back in it to kill every. It, it, it's not going to be like that, you know. You're not going to. I mean, you might walk around with purple dildos. I think Vice City had a dildo you can walk around and smack people with. So I believe there was. See, I I suppose that's my kind of like where I feel I wish it would go is because what I liked about Saints Row the Third is that it took this story that I just really typically don't like, which is like the gangster crime lord stuff. I'm like, I whenever I play a game, I'm always like straight arrow, perfect, good person. In oh, yeah, Mass yeah. Effect, I'm almost never I almost never picked a renegade option unless I'm in Mass Effect 2, I told Ashley to go fuck herself. Because I had, <laughs> oh, um, I, I had my save deleted and she showed up and I was like, get out you of here. You racist um, bitch. Exactly. Uh, and so that's what always put me off about Grand Theft Auto was kind of like, you're going to be a crime lord and we're going to take it seriously. And in Saints Row the Third, it's like, you're going to be a crime lord, but you're going to do... It's We're not going to take anything seriously. But see, it's the same way. I, I feel like with Grand Theft Auto, you know, they, they Saints Row, you could create your own character. You could be who you want to be. Like, technically, they have you in this whole gang and, you know, whatever, but you really feel like your own character. Like, you're making your own kind of little, like your own story, almost. Right. Uh, not, yeah. not to, like, the extent of, like, story decision-making, you know, story uh, decision-making or something like that, but you feel like your own character. Whereas in Grand Theft Auto, you're, like, forced into this role that you have to you know, abide by. I guess that's what I'd like to see is a little bit more leeway to do what I want to do. Cause in grand theft auto four, you had a couple choices. It's like, are you going to kill this guy or that guy about halfway through the game? And then, uh, later on down the road that had an effect on the ending you got. 
maybe we'll see some stuff in there where it's more kind of like good guy bad guy stuff where it's like instead of do you want to kill this guy or that guy maybe there's a third option where you don't kill either of them and it negatively affects how effectively you can play the game in some parts like maybe you'll just have like increased uh battles going on like because the idea i think in four was that these were two guys that were opposed to each other and they both asked you to kill the other one i think Mm -hmm. it's been Uh, a while And so maybe maybe in a situation like that, you could say, I'm not going to do either of them. They both hate you, and now they're fighting against you and each other, and it creates a war zone in the city or something yeah. like that. I just got a boner from thinking about something. Oh, the sorry. online mode in Grand Theft Auto V could be really fucking awesome. Yeah. Especially, imagine... <laughs> I'm going to throw out an ideal situation, as I always do. Imagine on the PlayStation yeah. 4 that they allow this world to be like a planet side world where it's always happening and you can just hop in and there's just fucking chaos like just crazy amounts of chaos that would be awesome especially seeing like some of the screenshots we've seen knowing that there's so much to do in this world they could they could take the capacity and put like i don't know 150 people on a server and just let them run that city how they want to run that city that would be really cool especially the way that like you're stealing semis and the way well, that you'd steal some of the shit off the back of them. Yeah, well, I mean, at uh, least from the way it looks. If you think about it, Red Dead had that kind in a small, yeah, in a, much yeah. much smaller scale. Like you can hop into a server and you could ride into Armadillo and there'd be a group of you know other players like you know robbing the place, and then they just yeah, they, then they just ride off into the sunset. You know stuff like that. I think I think they're going to take that and make it more of a broader like open. I just hope they don't. The one thing I did, the only thing probably I hated about Red Dead. And and I guess even to Grand Theft Auto Four was the competitive multiplayer. I didn't. It, it's just to me, there's no need. I think there. I think there is a need for a free roam. Like go in there, play with your friends if you want, do whatever you want. Basically, turn it into APB. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but have it work. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there's examples out there of this having been done sort of well. I mean, if you like, if you look at, uh, I, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but like the Arma Two mods, uh, Daisy <laughs> and, and uh, Wasteland are pretty much that exact same thing. Yeah. They're like, okay, here's a giant map. We put things in it. Go use those things however you want to. Yeah. And usually that ends up in players using them to kill each other. But uh, I think that with uh, with Grand Theft Auto's structure, you could have a lot more interesting dynamics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be a pretty fun time when it comes out because I can't wait to see what they do with it, and I'm sure they'll show off more. I'm, I assume in E3. So, without a doubt, I doubt it. No, I, I, I think, think so? they will. I, I doubt E3. Rockstar doesn't care for E3. Mm, we'll see. Yeah, it, it'll probably be GDC, no. which is like that'd be a great way. That'd be a great way to like one up the new console stuff because there's only like one thing that I can think of that would. Maybe not completely overshadow brand new systems coming out, but it would stand toe to toe, and that's a new Grand Theft Auto. Um, Half Life Three. Yeah, I guess. Okay, yeah, that would trump out. everything. That's That'd be so funny it. if Gabe Newell was just holding it back. He's like, "Take this, Microsoft and Sony, checkmate." Exclusive for the Wii. <laughs> exclusive for the Wii U. I, exclusive for the oh Steve Boss. I think that would if, create more hate. <laughs> Oh, if if they put that out on the Wii U only, but see the thing I is, is, is every commit suicide. every hater ever for the Wii U would come out and just be like, oh, well, that that that's the best system ever. I knew that. I mean, Steam knew that. Come on, because no, yeah. they I, mean, I, I do not. I do not. I do not see that. 
I do. I think you would see a small portion of that, and then you'd see a massive, just I, like revolt on the I PC. Agree with him. And Steam I would get agree. Steam would get hacked and just get. Yeah. Anyway, and all of the goodwill Steam has generated or Valve has generated would go down the shitter. Would go away. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on now from Grand Theft Auto, we, we could talk much more about that uh, at later episodes. Uh, some PS4 specs came out were, were leaked, uh, and Kotaku actually ran a very nice article about this and actually showed off uh, some of the specs that the, the system supposedly has. This is, this is a uh, supposed specs of the dev kits. So. Uh, take in mind that these could change. I'm sure it, they're just rumors anyway, so this all could be wrong. But it sounds like it's pretty solid, so we'll we'll see though. But uh, anyway, it's supposed to come with eight gigs of system memory. That's a whole hell of a lot, because considering PS3 only had what 526 megabytes. Was it? It, it? it was so small. That's why they couldn't do cross-game chat because they didn't have enough system memory. Mm. So I, it was under a gig, I thought anyway. Um, 2.2 gigs of video memory. Uh, CPUs a 4x dual core AMD 64 bulldozer, so that means eight cores. Um, four USB ports, two Ethernet ports, Blu-ray, a 160 gig hard drive, supports HDMI, optical, but no components. So maybe it'll actually fucking ship with an HDMI cable. It's so it doesn't oh, get the red ring of death. Yeah. Nice, because huh. you know that's what it gets. And then uh, the uh, CP GPU is going to be AMD based. So, Boo. so what's that? So, so, so from someone who you, you obviously know more, the most about computers here, I would I would imagine Evan. Uh, does that sound good to you? Um, I haven't actually looked too closely at the Sony specs. They sound okay, but what troubles me is I looked at the leaked Microsoft ones, which may or may not have been fake. I I never really got whether or not they were. Uh, and it was surprisingly mediocre. Um, Sony did some really cool stuff with the cell chip in the PS3, and I'm hoping they continue that. Uh, the cell processor in the PS3 was surprisingly powerful, if not completely confusing and obtuse for developers. I think that's why Compared- most ports are worse. Terrible. Yeah. Worse on the PS3 because they just uh, they just don't develop for it because it is more of a challenge to develop right. on that. Whereas the Xbox is more of a traditional, you know, just make a game and whatever. Yeah, and hopefully they fix some of the. I hope they continue to sell processor stuff because I think they did some neat things with it. But hopefully it's not as confusing to use. Uh, as for the GPU, I mean I've said boo to AMD just because I like Nvidia a little bit better, but they're both good. Um, I think that. Uh, I ha- I don't know off the top of my head. I'm not like super into computer spec stuff. Uh, I'd need to kind of sit down and look at it a little bit closer to be able to give much of um, kind of like an idea of whether or not it's competitive. But uh, I hope that it's competitive with current gen kind of comp- high end computers. Because uh, when the PS3 and 360 came out, especially on consoles, uh, nothing like that had been seen before. And then compared to computers of the time, it was pretty good looking. Uh, you might be able to pull off better looking things on the computer like Crisis, but it was basically if like you had future tech stuff that wasn't really on the market. Yeah. <laughs> and it's getting more difficult to do that now. But now high-end PCs are just ridiculous. Well, not only that, but high, it's easier to get really nice looking things on PC, yeah. nicer yeah. than on consoles. And so you don't have to have that future tech stuff. 
And so it's almost as if the consoles need like the the stuff where that's future proofed for a bit. And I don't know if they'll be able to do that just because they lost so much money coming into the next generation yeah. through uh, Sony and Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that this the I, don't, I can't remember the leak specs off the top of my head for Microsoft, uh, but apparently they're going Blu-ray as well. Um, yeah, which is awesome yeah. because even if they sell really well and they are beating Sony, at least Sony's still making a profit from it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean the because, Wii, the Wii U the, the Wii U actually uses some kind of it's not it's not Blu-ray obviously, but it's 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 some kind of. Basically, like knockoff of Blu-ray. Oh, it's probably like a chip from a Genesis or something. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> um, oh, I, for, for, I watched a video and I cannot remember what they actually said. It's a bunch of tech talk, but apparently it boiled down to the PS PS4. If these specs are to be, if they're completely accurate, this is what's going to ship with is going to be more powerful than the 360 by quite a large margin. Now, I don't necessarily think... I think they're going to be pretty even when they eventually do come out. I think they'll be even. But uh, I think, the most part, I don't think the hardware is what's actually going to catch people's eye. I think it's going to be who has the best social integration. Who has the best bang for your buck. This is what you're getting when you get this, like, online integration. Where, I mean, you know, Sony has made up a lot of ground in the last couple years. Microsoft had that kind of chokehold on on the console front anyway. With that, but I think Sony is is definitely you know coming up you know pretty quick, uh, and in some people's eyes, uh, uh, Sony has a little bit better service. But uh, I don't know. It's gonna. I think that's that's what's gonna boil down to. It, it, you I know, think when a kid decides which one he's gonna buy, it's gonna be like, okay, which has the best online service? Uh, well, I'm, and where is friends gonna be? Well, that's true. I think you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think what Sony needs to do now is they really like. I think that Sony has always been kind of uh, pushing technology with what they do uh, and pushing the limits on what on what consoles they've been doing. They've been doing that with the PS2 and PS3, and I think they'll continue with that with PS4. What they really need to focus on now, and this is not something that Japan has been very good at doing through Sony and Nintendo, is they need to make the online experience perfect. They need to look at people like Valve and go, what are they doing to connect people together, to get people talking to each other, to get people to feel like they are in an actual community? Um, Because that's one thing that the PC does way better than the consoles, is make you feel like you're actually connected to these people all the time. Like, these are people that you're really good friends with, it's just you sit down and you have a chat with them. And on console, it's kind of like, I added them to my friends list and I play with them, but whatever yeah they need a good well uh ui feature that kind of in in another little rumor that actually came out right after sony announced hey february 12th we're going to announce something um was that the ps4 supposedly can take screenshots and you can post them and upload them to the internet and it also records your last 15 minutes of gameplay for you oh my god that would be awesome like automatically and you could post it if you want or not and I'm just like, and and you can share it to any social media outlet yeah. that you want to, which is like, like that which is, is the coolest massive. way to connect yeah. people. Like the that thing that I miss the most on PC is like a built-in video recording service because you can pay for a couple, and I don't have the money to buy them right now, unfortunately. But I've always wanted to make video content for the games I play, just because funny shenanigans happens while I play with my friends. And the fact that if they build that in, that's awesome yeah. and that's huge but the thing yep. you gotta, and, and we hear all these rumors stuff like that it's just like okay well then you then we have to talk about costs what is yeah. this system realistically going to cost because i think sony is not in a position to charge more than 400 dollars for this thing 
actually, they can they knock him out with another willing, 600. They're willing to mm-hmm. take a loss on this, they've said. Uh, well, they're, I, they're, and the thing is, like, they're coming out of the gate first. If they're coming out of the gate first, this is an automatic, like, huge head start for them. Because mm-hmm. that's what killed them last time was they were they behind. Didn't come out first, and they had a horrible, horrible fucking price and lineup, and their E three two thousand six was a complete lie. Like they they fucked up bad. Yeah. Well, I think and, they, I think they realized the that. Boomerang controller. I really think they realized that though. I, I think I think. <laughs> oh yeah. I think it, you look at some of these places, and we joke around about Nintendo not being very aware. <laughs> you know, Microsoft not being very aware. I think Sony is now. Say what you they they have fucked up bad the past couple of years you know, for, for quite a while with the PS3, and I'll be the first to admit that. But I think they're pretty aware of what's going on. Like after the whole outage happened a couple of years ago, that E3 they came out and said, "Listen, we fucked up. You know, we're sorry. Like you yeah. know that that was our bad." Where, you know, I, I think if it happened to Microsoft or something, they would probably just try to sweep it under the rug like nothing happened. I think Sony is hey, more... Hey, we got smart glass. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 like I, think, I think Sony's more self-aware. I think they will look back and be like, okay, this is what we need to do. I think Microsoft is going to look at it like, okay, we have a big base. We have a big install base. We just want to, you know... We're not really going to – maybe – I think they, they might try to tap more into, like, the casuals. You know, we've seen it with the Connect, but I think they're still going to keep going that way with the whole smart glass thing and, and everything. They're not going to be so much about video gaming anymore. I mean, they've already said they want to have an entertainment system, which I think that's awesome for Sony to come out and just be like, listen, we're for the gamers. This is, this is the gaming console. And I think if they yeah. do that, I think they're going to be in a tremendously great position now, well, gr- but, yeah. granted, they have to come through on their online services, which I think they will because I think they've learned a lot. I, I have to kind I, of... Oh, go ahead. No, you're oh. fine. Go ahead. I was going to say, I kind of disagree with this idea of moving away or, or, or putting emphasis on things besides just gaming is a bad thing. I think you can look at uh, platforms like Steam, and Steam has recently opened up the door for uh, other developers to come in and release software. Uh, and I think that's really cool. And so I, I, I think that it's really cool for uh, Sony. I, like I hope Sony does more to make it more of an entertainment system as well. Like I don't think that because you move towards adding in like entertainment system functionality where you can cater to younger audiences and you add on like maybe they have a more streamlined movie uh, experience. Um, I don't think that necessarily uh, kind of assumes that their gaming system is going to suffer and i well, think that if they as long as it doesn't you should be fine but if yeah. it does that's when the problem I, I just i just out. think when, when i think of microsoft i just think of them being like this can play movies for you this can play music for you you can do all these entertainment stuff but i guess if you really want to play games it can do that too like i i feel like if if, the, if i were to put a number on it i feel like they're going for like 80-20, like 80%, like, hey, we're, this is what, you know, 20%, like, we're going to focus on games. Ooh, I feel like they... That would be bad. I, 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 but I feel that way, especially the past couple years, you know. I mean, of course, they're going to have Halo and Gears of War. I mean, those things sell like crazy. They're going to just keep pumping them out. But yeah, but their we, studios are... Everybody's leaving their studios. Yeah, and it's a steep decline in games. And, and I think that has to games. do with the development of the next Xbox. Well, I think that part of it is, I, to some extent, I think that that's just part of Microsoft's mentality for everything. You look at you look yeah. at like pretty much everything they do, and 
I think that a lot of their successes are sort of on accident. Like they know what they're doing in terms of development. Like they know how to develop a pretty quality product most of the time, but they don't know when to make it. They usually, from what I've seen, they kind of misjudge what people want. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're really concerned about making a lot of money. They're in it for a, as like kind of a business perspective. And uh, in some regards, I don't think they're very good at uh, at doing it because they're so concerned with the bottom line, and that they kind of, that's what leads them to misjudge what people want. Mm-hmm. So, so in saying that, do you think you know we just said Microsoft, Sony would be willing to take a loss? Do you think Microsoft yeah. would be willing to take a loss? Nope. I don't oh, think Microsoft is willing to take a loss, but Sony has stated we're willing to take a loss because we're making up for lost time. I and, don't think. And, I don't think Microsoft is willing to take a loss, but I bet you they're going to if if they have to. Fair enough. I think I my, think I, they will. Yeah, I think the uh, Microsoft though will come out with a bottom like, you know, I think Sony. I think we'll see maybe like two different SKUs, but I think they'll be very similar. Whereas I think Microsoft, I think will will have like, hey, this is like a really cheap. You'll get like the basic functionality of entertainment system, and it could play some games. But then, if you really want to play a lot of games, here is the more high end quality yeah. one. I think that's what they're going so, to do. Basically, hmm. the Microsoft Ouya. <laughs> I, I, when, when I think about these next-gen oh. systems coming out, I think what really strikes me is, you know, uh, I think if, if we want to talk winners and losers, which I, I don't like to do, but if, if we want to talk winners and losers, then I think this is Sony's to lose. I think they've, mm. I think they've learned a lot. I think they have all the tools necessary to to really just wow people with this system. You know, I mean, they have PlayStation Plus, which is an absolute phen- phenomenal service. I mean, y- y- you get so much stuff for what you pay for. Um, and with the PS4, if they can just keep that going, I think with offering... Uh, it, at first, I think it'll be PS2 games and stuff like that before they get some PS4 games up there. But I, I think it's theirs to lose. I think, you know, they have everything right there for them to take. And I think one thing that'll be interesting is I honestly think that the conditions for winning and losing have drastically changed. I think that if you look at how uh, free-to-play or just free services work on uh, largely the PC side is is that you see that uh, loyalty is much more important than – like massive sales yeah and if you can if you know how to capitalize on it and i think that the the winner of this next generation is going to be the one that can get the most diehard fans willing to spend the most money on a service they feel rewards them and it's not necessarily going to be like xbox live or psn plus it's going to be like who can offer the best service for like bringing back old games you love so playstation has been bringing back ps1 and ps2 games who can offer great downloadable titles who can offer the best uh integration for like social networking platforms the the entire package there has to be like if they can figure out how to monetize the right parts of it that's who's gonna win because i think that the pc has shown that people are willing to spend absurd amounts of money for things they really really like even if it's not and if they can do that, I don't think that they need to necessarily beat uh, one another in terms of sales. Mm-hmm. They just need to have the best uh, like console audience that owns it. Yeah, fair enough. Hmm. Why are Why are you not into game journalism? Um, because we're politicians. 
too restrictive oh. for, for uh, usually uh, what I want to write about. Also, I'm kind of lazy sometimes. My God, you do. You, you, do you, that. you said what, almost everything that I wanted to what say. What I'm That's anxious cool. to see is with these services like PlayStation Plus, where that goes from now. I mean, it's, it's been gaining a lot of steam. Uh, hey, I, I, have a, I have a question. Does anybody think that the real loser of the next-gen consoles is going to be the Wii U? Because I, I think it is. Please. I mean, no. No, it's I'm not, not serious. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm joking because we're talking about gaming consoles right now. I mean, because you can ask that question. I mean, it sounds like you're in Well, if you, wanna, if you want to talk about diehard audiences, Nintendo's already got one built in. Yeah. Yeah, but we're talking about gaming consoles. No matter what Nintendo does, though, that that that, di- that community is going to just eat it up, regardless of yep. bad or good. We're still talking about gaming consoles. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, I have I have to defend Wii U a little bit though, because I think they did some cool stuff with their tech. The p- tablet thing. The only the only niggle I have with that is that uh, you can't use multiple ones with the same system. That's the only. Well, that and the touch the, the touch screen isn't as intuitive as. Uh, iPhones or even the Vita's touchscreen. It's not. I was it, I was it, unaware of that. It's That's well, I mean, it's not like multi-touch. I think is the is the word for it. Like okay. you yes. know how you know some games on the on the iPhone or iPad you can you have to use like two, three, four, or how many fingers you have. There's a game called hundred like hundreds or something. You have to use like every hundreds. every finger. Yep. The Wii U can't do that. It can only support like one touch at a time. Actually, right. with hundreds, you can use every finger and any other appendage. Oh uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like you can, you can, you can use your fingers and your penis. Yeah, but see, the Wii U can only you can only use oh, your penis. So yes, it's on the Wii U, thing. you only use your. Yeah. Penis. That, that's it's kind of it's similar to the DS. Like the DS is that the, has that as well. Yeah, and it's to me it, it works and it's fine, but it's not as intuitive or as re- like it's not as responsive as it should be. I think, uh, you know, that in the triggers. There's no, like, you know how you can gently squeeze a trigger if you want more precise shots or something? With the triggers, it's more of just, like, either either it's down or it's up. There's just, like, one motion. You know, it's not... I, fr- I forget thing, what the word is for that, but... One thing I think would be interesting hmm. to see from Nintendo is them focus on the fact that they are not really... I mean, uh, in, in the idea that they're not really a gaming console, I think that there's a lot of ways to kind of interpret that. And... One thing I think is really cool is like if you look at the DS, I think the DS has to be one of my favorite platforms. It's certainly not yes. the one I spend the most time on, but it has such a diverse range of experiences you can have. Like I can play Mega Man Zero, which is a really hardcore platformer. It's nostalgic for me because I love Mega Man. It's great. But then there's also like new classics for the Pokemon series. Uh, there's a ton of different stuff on DS. There's like something for everybody on DS, and it's all bite-sized stuff. I think Nintendo needs to start capitalizing on that kind of bite-sized, massive range of experience for their core franchises. We need to not necessarily see Zelda Party, like, 8, but we need to see <laughs> Zelda... Maybe Zelda becomes episodic. Okay, uh, fair enough. Yeah, fair there enough. you go. That's and I think, really smart, I th- actually. I think the Wii U could really take that kind of bite-sized experience and do something with it because it's something that the other consoles aren't really going to do because they're going to be making things like Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, these really long-form games that play really well with just a standard controller. Oh, fair enough. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. It definitely can't compete with the other ones, but if it does its own thing, well, you I can, can't have I people can... like Eric complain about it. <sighs> No, the the problem is we're a galactic 
gaming news, not galactic gimmick news. I mean, well, alright. The Wii, Nintendo has games. They may just be the same damn game after... Alright, because like Zelda, even though Zelda's the only one I can think of right now, Zelda's a game. I like Zelda. I don't look at those as games anymore. I really look at those as gimmicks now. Like Zelda? I don't see those as games anymore. I, I really I see them as I can see take you talking about Mario. I can see you talking I, about I think, Mario. But I Zelda, think the thing... Go ahead, sorry. No, that was all I was going to say, because Mario, every time it comes out, it's always the same damn thing. So like, I oh, think, okay, this, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think that Zelda is actually the one that could benefit the most from kind of a change in structure, because a lot of what I feel Zelda has done is it's gone back and it's basically filling in holes in the story. If you take yeah. Zelda as kind of like a religious text, and it's kind of like... This which is which some do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is some the history do. of our world. You look back and you're like, this is when the gods created our world, and this is all the events like the saviors and the princesses and, and the sages and the demons... Uh, it's been filling in holes in different spots at different times, and they don't do it in a linear order. And, and so it, Zelda is one of those experiences where it's not necessarily more about like innovative gameplay. It's all about like figuring out the larger story. And that's why I think Zelda is like one of those franchises that Nintendo does themselves that could really benefit from like being mixed up in terms of how it's consumed. Metroid, I think, is another good one just because of the way Metroid works. Metroid could p- potentially be one of those games that it doesn't have an ending. Maybe Metroid kind of goes open universe almost, open Ooh. galaxy, and it's like here's a pl- here's a game for sixty bucks, fifty bucks, whatever they charge for it. You get to explore, and then they just release. Here's another downloadable world. Here's a downloadable scenario. Here's a new weapon. Here's oh, Metroids were found here. Go save them, and they just do all downloadable content for Metroid. And it's just like maybe each each month there's a new story, mm-hmm. or something like that. That's nice. What what Nintendo needs to do is they need to take their old franchises and figure out how to remake them into something that is more customized for their platform. Because I think they do have really good games. I don't think that you can say, like, Zelda's a bad game. It plays pretty well. They do some interesting things with the story. It's not for everybody, but they're really well designed. And all their games are really solid, theoretically. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just need to find a new way to freshen them up because... Making it into, like, well, we have gravity mechanics now. Okay, that's nice, but it's still kind of the same old Mario we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Zelda. It's basically the same thing we've always seen. They've just kind of remixed the graphics and the order of certain items and whatnot. But at the end of the day, it still feels kind of like the same thing. And I think mm-hmm. they can kind of bring this sense of, like, this is something unique and and still kind of like... And maybe it'll kind of give you the feeling that it is a gaming platform again, because it will add in some freshness to these things that have grown stale. But will it Even though? though I, high quality. I mean, don't. that's just my feeling. I can definitely see that, though, because it makes sense. Because that's probably why I don't even play, like, Nintendo games anymore. Because it's always like, yeah, this is the same damn thing I played a couple years ago. It's the same thing I played a year ago. Right. That's why I haven't, that's why I haven't finished Skyward Sword, because it's like, well, you know, you remind me a lot of Arcana of Time, even though you're not. Or like Twilight Princess. If they did it, though, I would... Take the unconventional approach. Yeah, I think the last time Nintendo did something different was Mario Sunshine. That they didn't, like, do something different and then beat the shit out of it and just keep on bringing over the same thing and recycling it over and over again. Like, Super Mario Sunshine is the last time they did that, I think. Nah, they did it with what you call it, the other M, and look how that turned out, though. 
What about Metroid Prime? Did that come before or after Sunshine? I think that came before. Oh, wait. Actually, yeah, I, I think, think that it was before. I don't remember. Okay. No, actually, I think it was. I want to say it was after Sunshine because Sunshine was one of the first games I've seen on the GameCube. And then I think I remember seeing Prime. So I, but I could be wrong, though. I could be very wrong. Hmm. But I was going to say the other M because, you know, that was completely I don't different. Know. That was that was back when they used to make games still, so I don't know. It's been a long time. Again, all they gotta do is change it up, but they never will because like Jimmy said, Nintendo people who like Nintendo will buy their thing no matter what. Like that's why Mario Party will probably go up to a thousand so, if possible. Because they it, there are people that will, but there are people that are sick and tired of their bullshit and look at look at the abysmal sale uh, uh, sales of the Wii U already. But the Wii U and as far as I'm concerned, and I haven't looked that much, but as far as I'm concerned, the Wii U doesn't have any outstanding games, and that's what comes with me. When I buy nope. a console, nope. I want games. The Wii U has nothing. It may have Zombie U. Zombie, that, you got terrible reviews. That's, that's, it's, I think that's a good game. That's not an outstanding game. That's not a system seller. And if anyone says Super Mario Brothers, you, I'm going to slap you in the face. The Super Mario. Uh, that's, but that's my point. Like the Wii U has no yeah. good games yet. Nothing that's like, yo, you, you know forgot, what? I want to buy this. You forgot what? that it has new in front of the Super Mario Brothers. You. Oh, no, yeah, you, did. Yeah, yeah. you did forget the new. Because anyway, it's, it's new. <sighs> Maybe like, they're right. pulling a maybe they're pulling a Microsoft though because if you look at Microsoft history, it's like they released they released Microsoft XP and people liked that. Then they released Vista and people were like, "What the hell are you doing?" Then they released Seven and everybody's like, "Well, this is actually pretty good. Good job, Microsoft." And then they released Eight and people are kind of like, "Nobody wanted a tablet on my desktop." If you look at Nintendo, they go Super Nintendo and everybody's like, "Yeah!" And then Nintendo Nintendo sixty four was everybody liked that one too. And then GameCube came out and people were kind of like. Uh, what? And it kind of flopped for them because they didn't have the killer apps. Um, yeah. And then the Wii came out and it was a huge success. Maybe the Wii U is just kind of the downward trend before they go back up with something else afterwards, like Microsoft did. No. Or they could just I don't it. like making games I, for other systems. We're ready yet? I, <laughs> yeah, I, let's take this back. Let's just wait. Because they're gonna. But what games they coming? They're out either gonna do. They're either gonna do that, or they're gonna just stay stick with handhelds. Or they're just gonna wait because. I guarantee you, the moment they announce that new Zelda game, that new Super Smash Bros., all those new, like, you know, those heavy hitters that people like, guarantee you the Wii U prices, I mean, the sales will go up. Oh, I'm sure they will. Absolutely. But I'm sure they, they will, but I doubt they're going to be a significant upward trend. It, it, the problem with that is by the time those come out, we'll have the PlayStation 4 on the market and we'll have a new sex box on the market. <laughs> and box. the thing that matters is that these are the big established names. The Wii U is already out and old news at this point in time to the point where it's such old news that it's it's barely even making a mark. I don't hear anybody again, like talking said, about the Wii U anymore. The only person I hear talking about it is Greg because that's his system of choice. And like I said, it's probably because there's nothing for it. There's, there's it's nothing between, significant. It's hmm? between that and the games that they do have for it are overpriced comparatively to what you can get on the PC or other hmm. versions of it. Like... Like uh, Jimmy and I's argument over Scribblenauts Unlimited, he's like, oh, I'll get it for my Wii U because I need something to play for my Wii U. And it's like, oh, but you can get it like $20 cheaper on Steam. Well, I need a game for my Wii U. Well, like, that's... I I agree with you there. And I know for a fact that, like, let's say they had... They said, you know what? Launch title, Zelda. 
people would have snatched that shit up quick. Yes, even true. just for that one game. Well, I think would do it the thing all is, time. I think if their marketing was better, people would have snatched that shit up quick. Their marketing was terrible. The name of the system is god awful. You yeah. can't just call something the Wii U. People think it's an extra controller for the Wii. That's yes. all people think it is. They're not going to buy that. You know, I mean... And then, of course, the noise talking about it, it's just going... Yeah, it's I, almost like the, it sounds like the Vita, because I don't hear nobody... It's, it's, it's like they're taking marketing tips yeah. from Sony. <laughs> yeah, I was going to well, say, think... they, they somehow did worse marketing than Sony. And, and, and the thing is, with Sony, the Vita is being talked about more again, because... Apparently, the Vita is going to play into the PlayStation 4 a lot, which is why Sony hasn't been too worried about the performance of the Vita. Maybe. So, I would like to see that first, because I hope. I'd like to see it first also. I'm not putting my full stock um, in it, but okay. I, it does make a lot of sense. That's Maybe that was why they said that you know it'll be around for 10 more years. That's his lifespan. I, I mean, exactly. it, like, like we talked about on last week's episode when we talked about all the Nintendo stuff, I, I think I appreciate your your green outlook on the Wii U, uh, Marcus. I, I, I try to have that as well. I just find it harder and harder to believe that they're going to sustain. I think when we see these big games come out, I think we're going to see a spike in sales for the Wii U. When the new Super Smash Bros. comes out, you bet people are going to snatch that shit up. But for how long? How long is that going to sustain sales? Sustain them until the next... No. Super Smash Bros. comes out it, it this month. You're going to see a big increase in Wii U sales. Increase, obviously, in Super Smash Bros. sales. The next month, it dies down. It'll be, be. I'm sure it'll be big in fighting communities, but it dies down. People go back to the PS4s, the Xboxes, whatever they're, whatever it's called, and you know it's just like you're. It's going to be roller coaster. Is it going to? The only thing I can think of is GameCube. GameCube had some fantastic games. I think we can all sit here and say that. It, it, not as much as like the PS2 or something, but it actually did have really good games. It's just yep. it never sustained in the sales. It only sold what 24 million, well, something like that. Uh, okay, but I don't even know if it did that many. Oh, consider yeah. this for a second. If you want to consider Nintendo's success with platforms, it, and you kind of have to look at how the idea of gamer has evolved. Because I think that it's a bit of a mistake to look at the GameCube and say, that had great games, but was a, it was kind of a flop. And then also note the trend that like when big games come out, you see a spike in sales. And so the Wii U will do good, but then kind of peter off and then compare these to the Wii. Because what the Wii did was it expanded what we considered a gamer. I think the the Wii tapped into the audience of like, and you know, the way I seen it is I think the Wii had good games for for core gamers, but I think it was more of a system for older people to actually, you know, for, for get up and move around a little bit for, for parents looking to buy that system for the kids. They don't want to buy, you know, if they're actually being parents, like a lot of people yeah. aren't, they're going to buy a Wii because they can get the Mario, the Kirby's and stuff like that. They, they're not going to get the Gears of War where you're sawing someone's head off. I think that plays a huge part in the Wii and how successful it was. Exactly. Yeah. And so I don't think that you can, you can rate Nintendo's success with the Wii U and compare it to the Wii because I think that ignoring the fact on whether or not the Wii will sell in the future, um, they've already kind of moved towards a more games, like a kind of core game centric platform by trying to do a kind of HD games. And that is going to try to attract AAA developers to put things like Assassin's Creed and other kind of more graphically inclined series on a Nintendo platform for core gamers to buy so they can do that with their other stuff. But the problem they're going to run into there, 
I believe is once you know these new systems come out and are established, those developers, if they do put the next, let's say, Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty on the Wii U, how much watered down is it going to be? Uh, I'm not disagreeing there. I, I think that my, my main point was that Nintendo's moving more towards trying to cater to the core gamers oh, absolutely, with yeah. their platform while still retaining accessibility. And I think that it, it's more fair to compare the Wii U to the success of the GameCube and try to establish whether Nintendo has launched a successful platform rather than to the Wii. Because they've mm. kind of moved away from trying to really cater to this casual audience. Uh, and they've started trying to go back a little bit to their roots. Um, even though they have had about as good a launch uh, series of games as Sony did when they launched their PS3. <laughs> uh, and, and so I think that it will be the days to come when we see how good third-party support is going to be for the Wii U that will really determine its success. Which I can't... And, you know, I cannot sit here and think that third-party support is going to be where it needs to be. I think for the Wii U to be successful... I've always said it needs two components. It needs great third-party support, and it needs a good online functionality. Because, let's face it, online gaming, esports, connecting with your friends, playing with your friends, is bigger now than it has ever been. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is the most important thing. And moving on, I think the Wii U, I think, has done some great things with online. With the Miiverse, I think, is phenomenal. The things you can do with the Miiverse are cool. It could be expanded upon, and I'm sure they will. Um, But as far as third-party support goes... I think you see publishers and whatever, like EA being like, okay, we're, we're on board with this. But when the new systems come out and are established, if you get games from them, if you get the big games, they're going. are, are they going to be watered-down versions? Because they're not going to develop solely for the Wii U and then port to the more powerful systems. You know, They're going to be either watered-down if they even come to it at all. You know, I, I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see sort of like where the Wii is with a comparison to the PS3 and 360. Where you know you get these big AAA titles, third-party titles come out for the PS3, 360, and PC, but they're they're not on the Wii. And if they are, like Call of Duty, they are excruciatingly lesser of a game because of it. I think we're I think it's going to fall into the same trap, and I think they did it to themselves by you know, hey, we got to get out there first and quick, and we need to make this thing, you know, uh, you know, cheap or whatnot. Like to me, the Wii U is Nintendo saying, okay. This is what's going to compete with the PS3 and Xbox 360, not the next ones. Yeah. That's what I see. And maybe I have a, a, a dim outlook on that, but I can't get over that. You know, I like my, I've had some fun with my Wii U. Um, I wish I would have waited, but I've had some fun with it. <laughs> I just can't see it sustaining any any kind of momentum. I, like I said, I think we'll have pe- uh, peaks in sales with, with their big heavy hitters. You know, I'm sure the Nintendo. Uh, Army will come out in, in droves and buy that stuff, but I, I just don't see the third-party support you, being there. You did kind of make a mistake with that one, <clears throat> Mr. Moneybags. You, you, showed money up, okay. you showed up at the GameStop in your Lamborghini, sniffing a line of Coke off your steering wheel <laughs> while pushing no, the dead no, 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 off of no, yourself. No, it was the dead hooker's ass I was snorting the Coke off of, not the steering wheel. No, I'm talking about the first line that you did, not the second line. <laughs> And 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 then you're like, I'm going to get me a Wii U, and I'm going to spend 20 more bucks on Scribblenauts Unlimited. I didn't buy that. Then, I didn't buy it. And then you know what? I won't have anything to play. But who you, cares? You know, you know what? It. You know what I'm playing on my Wii U right now? Wii games, Nothing. because there's no. no Wii U games to play. Like I'm playing Kirby's Epic Yarn. That game's fantastic. Yeah, that it's game's amazing. awesome. Yeah. So, 
Again, like I said, I feel, you know I, that's I, I, that's I, that's the system seller to me for the Wii U is Yoshi's Epic Yarn. The, the main point of me getting a Wii U was because of you know this this profession that I chose to to pursue. Yeah, well, I even I, still, I, like, I wanted to be buying like a Vita. Well, I had a Vita too because oh. I wanted to, well, someone here has to cover Wii U games. Lucky, luck, luckily, Greg Fred? has a Wii U. So. And Jovan, he has a, he has a Wii U now. Yeah, I think he had one. I think he was just too ashamed to say something. I don't know. Oh, I don't. I don't think he has anyway, a Wii U. This yeah, he does. He has a Wii U. No. If we if we want to if we want to fit in our last topic, we need to get to it. We're just getting kind of kind of long. Let me wrap this up, guys. Come on, we have got stuff to do. Uh-huh. Work work in the morning. Um. I'm sure we will discuss this so much more. This year is going to be jam-packed of, of us talking until we're blue in the face about these systems. And we'll probably get sick of it. But, yeah, I'm sick of it already. Yeah. Uh, there, was, there was another big topic that came out. Uh, the director of the Resident Evil franchise. I, do you know his name? Top of the top of your head, Eric? I don't even care. Uh, some Japanese guy. Some, <sighs> some, some guy. Came He's out like and said... Japanese Michael Bay. Yes, oh. came out and said that, hey, you know, we're going to basically summarize that we're going to rethink the, the way we're looking at Resident Evil. Uh, we're going to return it to its roots, and a reboot isn't out of the realm of possibility. Shinji yeah. Mikami was his name. No, that's not, that's right. not Shinji Mikami. Shinji Mikami left a long time ago. Right. He was the guy who created it, whatever. Yeah, he left after two, right? He no, he left after no. three. Three? Who was, it? who was the person who said this? I don't know, some Japanese guy. No, but what what uh he was the director titled? director of Resident Evil, I think he is now. I think uh, it's uh, Ichiro yes, Sasaki it's... was the director of Resident Evil Six. Well, so okay. That might like, be him. Someone. I don't know. I need to mm, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Kobayashi. No, not Kobayashi. I forgot his name. Don't don't care. Well, just, just... Oh, uh Masachika Kawada, I believe. Oh, that sounds like it. There we go. The, 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 Google the problem search. is the the problem is a Resident Evil game came out. A numbered Resident Evil game came out. Like I can understand Operation Raccoon City being one of the worst video games I've ever played. And you know, it didn't have a number, so in a way that game got a pass. It wasn't even made by Capcom, it was a slant six game. The, 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 the directors of the uh, really well-received SOCOM confrontation. Yeah, you know, very well-received. Um, yeah, that that game gets a pass. It wasn't a numbered game. It didn't really matter to the franchise. It was like it was kind of a, it was take. kind of it was kind of a bruise on the franchise. Like, eh, I hate that it's here, but it's here. Whatever. Mm. Is that how I, you feel about it? The the problem is that like the sixth one is horrible this game was terrible it was it was a call a third person call of duty game with monsters you know basically like what dead space 3 is sounding like it's going to be except for i think dead space 3 would have more to lose at this point in time so i don't think they're going to make it that bad but resident evil 6 had bad mechanics the story had no cohesion they need to do something where they can go back to the basics, start scaring the shit out of people again. Because when you talk about Resident Evil, a lot of the things that people remember about Resident Evil were 
holy fuck, remember when that dog jumped through the window and legitimately just scared the fuck out of you? Or the beginning where she's picking up a hand. Sure, everything wasn't that great back then, but that was genuinely scary. That was the most scared I had ever been in my life when I was a child watching my brother play that. And one of the biggest moments of my life is watching my brother play Resident Evil. The thing that they need to do is apologize to Shinji Mikami, <laughs> possibly suck his dick and say, oh, we're sorry. Would you come back and make our game good again? Because they've really fallen off of the horse here and and they're having trouble getting back on. And a reboot is the only thing that it sounds like they can do. So, hey, we've fallen off of this horse. Let's go buy a new horse and possibly see if this one will be anything like the other one. But I don't see them going back and doing something to the extent of, hey, we're going to make a horror game again, we're going to make it scary again, we're going to make it good again, because it's going to be hard to recapture something like that, especially when you've made games like Resident Evil 5 in a fucking volcano, and Resident Evil 6 <laughs> in a fucking uh, quick-time event. You know, I don't think that pushing a bunch of buttons to climb a rope is a good thing when you could be doing something as simple as delivering gameplay that matters and moments that really make people remember something instead of my memory of Resident Evil 6 being cocoon monster and climbing a rope and not being able to figure out what the fuck I need to do. Yeah, I, I think... You know, the, I think that the, the thing a great philosopher once said, shit game is shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think, regardless of what way they go, I think, you know, let's say this next entry in Resident Evil, whether it be a complete reboot or I hope, Resident Evil 7, whatever, if they decide to go towards this, maybe maybe it's, you know, let's just say in a perfect world, it's better than Resident Evil 1. It's it's the best horror game on the market. They returned. It's it's awesome. But I would love that. But no one buys it. You know why? Because 5 and 6 were so shit. And you know well, what? what I, I have to... What I have to wonder, though, is so when we think about what made Resident Evil into a series that kind of strayed away from its origins, I think what it strayed away from was its horror uh, genre origins, which brings oh, which makes me question, does horror sell anymore? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> to a certain well, extent. To a se- but it, but it, why do you say that? Like, what games can you point to now that are really horror games like Dead Space? was kind of one, but that sold okay, and then they have been making it more action-oriented to try to get better sales. They're trying to do that to appeal to the Call of Duty audience, yes. because the Call of Duty audience is the biggest audience. Why not try to I, grab I, I some think, of those people and bring them over? I think you have to look at it like like this, kind of. If, if, if they want to get Call of Duty-type sales, Call of Duty-type numbers, can they make a legitimate just... It's a horror game, that's what it is. No, you can't do that if you want to get those sales, because it's not going to appeal to the masses. They tried to go to the the cold call duty way with Resident Evil Six and even Five or whatever, you know, to strike that well to get some of that money. Guess what? Resident Evil Six did not sell very well. Nope. At all. People, you know, because it was terrible. People realized it. The, the The reviews were out there. People, you know, it, it just it wasn't there. I think if you go back to the horror roots, okay, you might not sell ten million copies of that. But no, I, but I guarantee. Does no, sell. I guarantee. If you go back and make a game that's like Resident Evil One, dripping with atmosphere, scary moments, you don't have a lot. You, you maybe only have one gun, and you don't have a whole lot of ammo for it, and stuff like that. I think you're going to sell quite a bit because I think you're going to get those Resident Evil fans who abandoned the series 
uh, I would even say some probably abandoned it around four. Uh, hey, can I can I know? just say that like you talking about those things? Here's my idea. You know how like Capcom was like, oh hey, Ninja Theory. You know we really kind of we're not going to do anything with Devil May Cry anymore because we kind of fucked things up a little bit. Will you take this on Ninja Theory? Eh. Maybe they could possibly look at the people who made Dark Souls and shit like that and then no, put a survival no. aspect. No, no, go go to the people who made Amnesia. I was gonna say something. Well, there, and see, that's you that's your point. That's to your to your point of like, does horror sell? I get it. Like, Amnesia yeah. probably probably hasn't have a ton of sales, but people know about that. If you're a gamer, you know about Amnesia, whether you've played it or not. That game, it, you know it. Slender and, and that's Slenderman. Slender Man is Slenderman is not scary. Slenderman is a bunch of jump scares over and over again. Here's what the here's what I think that Resident Evil needs to do. Watch your mouth. <laughs> they need to look oh. at what. The uh, what is what is their name? I, I forget the name of the team behind Amnesia, but they're really really bright. They need to look at what Amnesia did right. It was the atmosphere. It was uh, providing uh, scares that like the player didn't have control over. And there's the game. This this game is perhaps the scariest game I've ever played. It's called Containment Breach, and mm. Uh, mm. It, it take the weeping angels from Doctor Who and make a game out uh-huh. of them where they basically want to kill you. And the mechanic that made this so terrifying was that your character had a – there was a meter that would fill up, and once it was full, your character closed his eyes. Yep. You could push space bar to force your character to close your eyes earlier on, but at some point, you were forced to close your eyes. That is a mechanic – or not, not just the for- closing your eyes things, but forcing – giving the player something they have control over, but not making it an option on whether or not it's going to happen – eventually is a very powerful mechanic that I think that Resident Evil could use somewhat well. I don't know how they could it, do it, but I think they need to learn from some of these games that do horror in ways other than kind of like combat-related situations. Definitely, and that's what Resident Evil used to be. Like it, like with a, a bigger scale from what you're talking about where you can close your eyes and shit. Like um, in The Walking Dead, when... It, if some people choose to saw off Lee's arm, you have to do every button press to saw off his arm, as I've seen. Like, yeah. I didn't cut off my arm because I was smart enough to know that's not going to do any good. But the dude's cutting off his arm, and you're making every button press. You're having to do that. It's or like you can even go to Heavy Rain, which isn't a horror game, where you, you, go. Where you have to cut off your finger. That was oh, one. Of, that was one of the yes. most stressful times in any game that I've ever done. Because I'm like, man, and it, it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal when you had to actually hold some buttons down to do, and it was just terrifying. It really was. Yeah. And you know, we were talking earlier about Dead Space and the whole eyeball thing, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, Resident Evil needs in. But but the thing is, you we're talking about like ideally pushing this off on like somebody else. The people that did Amnesia couldn't do it. There's no way they'd be able to because they're an indie company. Like they've made two games and they're working on their third. I don't think Capcom necessarily needs to push it off on somebody else. I think I, they I think just they need to look deep time, in their just... hearts and and kind of learn some lessons See, about what I, does and doesn't work. I think they need to. And the thing is, we can relate this to Devil May Cry as well. Devil May Cry to me was a series that was, that quite frankly, stalled out. You know, it was say, dead. say what you want about four. Some people really loved it. It it stalled out after that. It was it was gone. If if they didn't push us off on something, there was not going to be a Devil May Cry. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if this 
comment never came out. If, if whatever, I'm not saying there wouldn't have been another Resident Evil because I'm sure there would be. But I think what they need to do is be like, okay, we, you know, we've taken this as far as we can. We've we have fucked up so much shit. The story doesn't even make sense anymore. It doesn't even matter. Who is the like ideal young and up and coming company that can put their own twist on this? Do whatever they want with it. Here you go. Just take it. it I, I think awesome, it needs that. Though. I think it needs that. But see, the thing it, is, it is would... like, I don't think you're going to find a studio that's going to be able to give Resident Evil what it needs. If you look at what Capcom did with Devil May Cry, they basically gave it to a developer that's really good at making action games, and they yep. made it more accessible. They basically – so essentially what they did was they took old Resident Evil and turned it into new Resident Evil with Devil May Cry. I'm not saying it's bad. Uh, like I, I'm not a fan of the new Devil May Cry, mostly for uh, – narrative reasons and, and character related reasons but <laughs> essentially what they did was they streamlined the mechanics to make it accessible for a different audience uh, they rebooted true, the yes. characters that nobody really knew unless you were a diehard fan so they took what made Devil May Cry really popular with its niche audience and they opened it up and the way I see it that's kind of taking the old Resident Evil horror games and turning it into this kind of more action oriented uh, clusterfuck that it's become uh, I think that it needs to go back to its more complicated roots of what Devil May Cry did uh, in this analogy. Uh, they, they, it, by giving it to somebody else, I don't think they can give it to somebody who's uh, like a well-known developer because that's just going to kind of push them to try to get sales, yeah. which is going to push them to try to make it more action-y to appeal to the wider audience mm. that buys these well, games. The, the big deal with Resident Evil is... It's no longer like the name's so big that it wouldn't matter who made it. Like they should, in, in uh, the best case scenario, I didn't even think about it until you'd mentioned it. Take the team that made Amnesia and they made Penumbra. Like Penumbra, I think is scarier than Amnesia, but take those people and buy them up or contract them and bring Resident Evil back. I don't care. Put it in the first person aspect even it like since they do everything in first person it seems even though they'd be able to use other systems besides I think they're using Unity for this maybe some kind of downgraded Unreal engine, but I don't think it's Unreal. Um but bring them in and they can do horror. Like they can fucking do horror. Maybe not especially Penumbra. Like maybe, Penumbra was fucking scary. Maybe shit. not give like all the resources or something to some company or some developer, but at least bring them in and be like, "Okay, we're going to work with you guys. What yeah. what could what can we do? What do you guys think we could do to bring this series back?" And bring Shinji Mikami back. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. You, I mean, yeah, the thing is, in my personal opinion, I mm. think what they need to do is just reboot it. Throw everything yeah. we know about Resident Evil out the fucking window. I don't. I, so, I, know, I know some <laughs> hardcore fans out there might what, cringe at that, but it's the truth. It's going Ooh. so far down here, Hill. The story doesn't make sense anymore. Uh, shit, they, in 6, they just like... Oh, here's new one brother now. All of a sudden, six like what? You know, six didn't have a story. We already said that. It just was like events that happened. Oh, oh, Wesker's Wesker's dead. But guess what? He has a son. Because we don't you mean we, you know you, you know Dante. What's... You mean Dante? Don't, I'm pretty sure that was Dante and what? six. What? What? Jake. Jake? I'm pretty sure that was Dante. Just saying. He acted like Dante. Oh, you're just he being. You're, oh, you're just. You're just God, being, okay. You're just being I get dumb. You. Yeah, <laughs> you know, actually, Dante. Sorry, but it just. You know it just needs a, It just needs a complete and utter overhaul. Just go Check back. Check this out. You want to know what'd be smart for them to do? 
No, just they wouldn't even have to call it a reboot. They wouldn't even have to admit defeat. Which I mean, yes, he did come out and admit at this defeat. point, I think he it pretty much admitted they fucked up. Well, here's here's what they could do to get away from admitting defeat. I mean, it is a little bit late at this point in time, but they could just take Resident Evil and completely ignore everything that's already happened and start with somebody new in Raccoon City. They could start with a whole new group of characters. So what, we're just going to go fucking backwards and do like a parallel story? There you go. Nah, I don't know. Do you, which one? Okay, listen to me on this one. Japan is based on honor. Japan's society is very honor-based. If they didn't want to hang their heads in shame, they could easily do this and make up something great for themselves that can win over people all over again, telling it in the same universe so you don't get these idiots that were like, I don't like Devil May Cry because it's not the same. Nah, that's, that's a difference, though. Because I need least... Pantene for my hair. Like, you could easily... But no, no, because it was honor in this. They wouldn't release six. They're, or at they're, least if they did, they'd have worked on it. Well, this is this is newer Capcom we're talking this about. Is, this is what Capcom's been known for lately. But the problem is, man. you could take this. You wouldn't have people whining about it because you could be like, it's in the same universe. But I don't like that idea of going backwards. That's like I don't care if you don't like the idea. I'm, just I'm, general, I'm talking about people because some people get a little touchy when you go backwards in like prequels, like. A lot of people don't like. I don't judgment. think. I don't think Eric's saying that's the best idea. I'm just saying if they wanted to, they if could they definitely to, do that. Could, yeah, yeah. like, and it wouldn't. It wouldn't even be a prequel. It would be like, hey, while all this happened, like this part has closed up. Here's what. Here it is from the other perspective. Wait, I think. About like well, 19, one thing about back in 1990 something, whatever happened. Is that what you're talking about story wise? Yes, about, like okay. it wouldn't. It wouldn't have to be a prequel because it would be. Different people in the same storyline, completely yeah, different people. They would have nothing the to do about this, the actual story, like the, the the main story, I guess. It had nothing to do with that. Just, yeah, that, exactly. that shit happened. You wouldn't have to deal with Wesker yeah. or any of that no. bullshit. No. Like, yeah, none of that makes that, any goddamn sense. Know, eventually, it would have to. No. Like, no. no. I don't nope. know. I just nope. figured it you would. would never have to. It, it could become a story of survival. I think. Which, with. with with uh, Resident Evil, Resident Evil. Different. Sorry, man. Resident Evil's always been about the zombies. Like it's it's based it's it was predicated on the whole zombie situation, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, it became about check out this dude on steroids. His partner's dead. Oh wait, no, she's not. She's got a jewel on her chest. Huh. Or uh, guess what? You're going to be fighting inside of a fucking volcano. And you're going to punch a giant rock. And you're going to punch this goddamn boulder. And I, then you're going to walk across it inside of a volcano. I, I think there's a wild card that we're missing here, guys. Which one? Resident Evil Revelations is coming out on the consoles. That game... From, this is true, from but does what that I've matter? Heard, no, no, just listen. From what I've heard, and I haven't played it, from what I've heard, it is an old-school Resident Evil game. It's and, not old-school. It's Resident said, Evil 4. Well... Regardless, he said, and even in his quote, he said that he wants to get the revelations out on consoles, see how it does, and take feedback from that. I think that's going to depend on what direction they go in. Well, it's not wait, going to do good. It's that? a port of a handheld. On uh, they're putting it on the console. It's not going to do that great. They're going to have to bundle it with something else. I was going to say because anybody who already probably bought it already probably have it. So why would you? I, buy d- it I, I doubt. I doubt everyone already played it. Well, not everyone. I'm just saying for the people who do. I would have read all that thing. Hmm? It was on a handheld. That means that it had a pretty fucking big audience. 
Like I don't, I wouldn't buy it again, especially since it was considered one of they the would, best Resident Evil games. They would have to do some kind of bundle. There's people that love those shitty ass Paul W. S. Anderson movies. Um, you put in all of those pieces of shit so you can wipe your ass with something while you take a dump. I don't know. Like there you go. You can bundle it with something because they're going to have to bundle it if they're looking for sales on something like this. They're not going to get the sales that they're looking for at this point in time. Capcom's sitting there twiddling their thumbs thinking, what can we do, what can we do? What do you well, consider... there's some little podcast out there that are actually settling things in a much smarter manner <laughs> yeah, than yeah. they are. What do you consider good sales for a handheld, though? What do you mean? What, like, just, 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 if, if I put my game on a handheld, what number do you think I have to hit to be... Let, let's, let's not take in consideration how much I spent on the game. For it to be a success? For, for, re- for, for, Resident, e- for Resident Evil Revelation. So you think it should, it, 1 million is good. It, Eight hundred thousand to one million. Yeah, it, it's not even close to that. Wow, that yeah, it's, not, it, it's not even close, close to that. But from what well, I then, uh, it's, imagine it, the projection for yeah. what it would be on consoles. I'm just saying. I'm just saying the audience, because you got to think of who's playing a 3ds. The audience is not there for that. If they port this over and it's as good as everyone, like the reviewers and journalists who said, if it's as good as they say it is, and I, I think I think it could really determine. Which maybe. direction they go with this? If w- if maybe they they decide to okay, we're gonna decide to reboot it, but it's gonna play and be more akin to Resident Evil Four as opposed to One, or or maybe maybe they maybe they go back and be like, okay, we're rebooting it, but it's it's not it's just gonna be completely like Resident Evil One, obviously with better controls. I would hope. I would hope um, but I don't know. Like, but more think, more of like no know. ammo, no guns, just even just, you know. I don't know. That just. Oh crap! Oh crap! One zombie! I need to run away because I'm gonna get my ass kicked. You know, you know. Here's the other thing they could do if they wanted to boost sales on something like this and show them that they have made a good game recently. They could go into their back catalog and release Resident Evil 1.5, and they could put out the original levels for Resident Evil 4 for what 4 was supposed to be. Yeah, true. I mean, you know, they could do that and they could blow away their fucking fan base because Resident Evil 1.5 was one of the most anticipated games of all time and it never 1. came 5. to be and they completely Huh? Wait, what the hell is 1.5? 1.5 was Resident Evil 2. They were I think 90% done with it. They, they I, I think at one point in time they even went gold with it and like, then it just never came out and they completely changed everything that Resident Evil 2 was. Like zombies could be cut in half and they'd still come after you like all this other kind of shit it was much bigger like 30 zombies could be on the screen all sorts of different shit it was much scarier looking and they just, and they just never it, released it yeah it, they just never released it and they came out with two instead and although Resident someone's Re- working on it now some dude is actually like no he's dude? not working on it or he's playing it or something yes he's been playing he's it playing there's it, yeah. There are copies of it out there. There have been for many years. I've been following this for years because I love watching canceled and unreleased games. Uh, he's been doing this for years now, and um, some of it is definitely fake, but a lot of it is real. Uh, it's 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 like uh, the original Resident Evil Four. It still played like uh, Resident Evil One through Three, but instead it was no longer zombies like how it became no longer about zombies but there were ghosts and shit and you were inside of a weird haunted mansion and there's like fucking baby dolls and shit coming at you it looked pretty fucking genuinely scary and had new mechanics with how lightning came into play throughout the windows and all this other kind of stuff instead they they took on a, a whole new course 
I mean, if they release these games, that could bring that big diehard Resident Evil fan base back. Like, even I would be like, oh, well, I'll, I'll go buy this because I've been wanting those games for a long time. Capcom's mm-hmm. kind of pulling a Square Enix by having multiple oh, games boy. that they've left unreleased in their back catalog. Hmm. They want to sell mm-hmm. something like that, go for it. But the problem is they still have to reboot the series and not just worry about putting out uh, Revelations, or Revelatons, as it was Revelatons. <laughs> I remember that. That was actually kind of funny. My, it's just, it makes me really fucking sad to see the way that zombie games have gone. Sure, there a lot of people including myself, think that a lot of things with zombies now are overplayed and there's just too much of it. But if you take something that does it well, that was predicated on that idea, then you would bring back Resident Evil. It would still matter. It would still be a staple. At this point in time, it doesn't matter. And it's just a shitty-ass action game with some kind of stupid tadpole monsters and a dude that's related to a guy from The Matrix. Oh, yeah, The Matrix, dude. I don't, I don't know. So, in other words, what I'm saying is, fuck you, Resident Evil. You're a piece of shit. Go back yeah. and do something good, and then I'll be like, hey, you don't have to be our worst game of the year. Yeah, that was... Ugh. Congratulations. It's you just, win. God damn it. I don't know. God Resident damn it. It makes me so sad. Like, I clearly can't even... Because I want to tell... I want to say they should reboot it, but at the same time, it's just like, well... Unless you do it really well, it's not going to matter because even when I went back to play Director's Cut for the first time, I was scared for maybe about three hours. And after a while, when I figured out what the hell I was doing, I didn't—I wasn't scared anymore. I was like, all right, I know I can't kill this. I can't do this. Just run past them. So it wasn't even about me yeah. being scared. It was just about me blowing through them. Now, had no, I the, played it... The, hmm? that, that's the thing with those games. Like... With the new Resident Evils, everything drops shit out of it. You kill a monster. Oh, guess what? For some reason, this monster was killing or carrying bullets. Why? I don't know, but he was. Um, that's pretty cool. In the old ones, it was, uh, man, I have this much ammo. There's zombies all throughout here. you got a tight corridor. I'm going to try to run past it. If I can, then I don't have to use this green herb, and I have limited inventory space. Like, that was the really cool thing, and that's why it was called Survival. Horror. It made you think. It definitely made you think. Those times, like, I know for the, like the first three hours, like I said, I was dying left around. Like, okay, apparently I'm playing this wrong. Let me yeah. stop trying to kill everything. Let me just do it this way. After I got past that, I was like, all right, this is actually going to be easy. But before I know it, or before I knew it, I should say, I beat the game. And I was like, all right, awesome. Now, and I beat with Chris. I made was the hardest. Apparently. I may have. I may have come off like a dick a little bit when I was talking about it, but the thing is, like, the Resident Evil series was a huge staple in my life. Like, that was my first big memory was watching my brother play that and knowing that I lived in a very fielded area and zombies could come out of the fields and kill me. Like that scared the shit out of me. I don't think you're being. I don't think you're being a dick. You're being realistic about it. Like, let's let's be honest here. Resident Evil has gone to hell quickly. Oh fuck yeah! It, it, I mean, whether you're a Resident Evil fan or not. Even people who, you know, had no interest in Resident Evil, who maybe did buy six because of the whole action thing, so that look, their Capcom got their money. But even they are like, "Wow, this game is pretty fucking bad." Yeah, you know, I yeah, mean, and they game, had a woman blowing a giraffe. I mean, that game, no. was, that game was terrible. Not to mention they they just they they announced the game like out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden, oh, it's coming out in November. 
and then two weeks later, oh well, we're pushing, we're, you know, we're bringing it up to like October now. Does that? Yeah. That kind of to me, that kind of sounds like Walking Dead Survival Instincts, but you know. Oh no. I don't. I, I, I like I said, in my opinion, I think the for me, there's a lot of creative ways you can do go about this. We went over a couple of them, and and Eric, I think you have a lot of great ideas for that. Maybe they should listen to you. I think. Yeah, maybe. I think they need to take everything that they have, story wise, character wise, whatever, pick it up, say fuck this shit, throw it out the window and rebuild. And I know, like I said earlier, a lot of, you know, maybe a lot of uh, hardcore fans might not like that, but I think it needs to be done at this point. I think the story is so... I think I think the series is is stale. I think it's terrible. But Jimmy, what about it's Neon gone. and Ada? What about them? You can both? rebuild those. What about them? Remake both? them. And actually make a story between them that people care about. I actually uh, just care that it's like, you know, just drop her in general. I just I I think the thing that really like the smartest thing that really came out of this was Evan bringing up amnesia. It's like there are people that aren't as established that have brought in those those huge games that have really made a big difference. Oh, people like amnesia. They're they're thinking of creative ways to make a game scary and stuff like that. I think uh, I am one to say I think the horror genre has declined over the years, uh, you know. Oh, but, definitely. But I it think started it, to come back, though. But I think especially like, with, the, with the indie scene, it's it's coming back, and I think... Oh, fuck yeah. yeah I, I'm sad to see, and like I said, it's not out yet, whatever, Dead Space. We'll see where Dead Space 3 goes, but I always thought, you know, okay, Resident Evil's faltering, and I play Dead Space 1, I'm like, this could be the new flag carrier. This could be the yeah. new, hey, we're a horror game, look at what we're doing, this is what it's supposed to be, and I even think Dead Space Two still stands as is, 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 is a very awesome horror game. Even though they That's... they had more third person shooter elements, we'll see about the new one. I don't know, but I'm sad to see it. I shouldn't even have to question that. To be honest with you, I should be like, okay, it's Dead Space. It's it, you know, it's going to be fucking awesome. It's it's going to establish itself as the horror game of choice. You know, but of course, because they're published by EA, that's probably not going to happen. So. Yeah. I, I I don't know. We'll we'll see where it goes. I, I'm actually kind of glad they at least came out and said pretty much to the extent of, hey, we fucked up. Yeah. I, and I, that's I'm owning up to it, too. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, the thing that matters is that they respect their audience enough, and Capcom has been trying to become better with their community recently, and I think that that's really awesome. It reminded me so much of having Jack Trenton come out and say, Hey, about that PlayStation outage, we're really sorry because a lot of people said, don't come out at E3 and talk about the fact that our whole network got brought down. And Jack Trenton still went out there and did it and apologized. And they made up for it in huge ways. And this is Capcom's chance to apologize and make up for it in huge ways. Hmm. It's just, it, it maybe, maybe it's just the way that Capcom has been working as a company lately. And perhaps it, maybe it's just. Resident Evil, I believe, is their biggest series when it comes to worldwide success. And I mean, other than that, I mean, they have Monster Hunter. Devil May Cry was always a huge success for them, but Resident Evil is like their flagship, and that's kind of they they don't treat their games properly anymore. Look at Mega Man. I mean, Evan and I are both big Mega Man fans, and Mega Man became a fat joke in Street Fighter. Or something, 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 cross, something, you something. Cross something. Tech, you were right the first time. With cross, 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 cross. cross, cross. Uh, where he's just a fat guy and he opens up a, a chest and he's crying about Capcom. 
Like, he, it's become a joke. Resident Evil has become a joke. I mean, we all joked about it and said, oh, it's probably going to be a horrible game. It's even got a woman blowing a giraffe on the front. And sure enough, I mean, it was a horrible fucking game. They don't treat their shit properly. And if you don't treat your gaming with respect, or your games with respect, you're not going to, your community's not going to treat you with respect because we love what you used to do, but you've changed in such a negative way. And you have a chance to make up for that in any sort of way possible. The ball's in their court at this point in time. They haven't completely thrown the game. The ball's in their court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, people accept it, though. That's my thing. Yes. Well, if they, if they go back. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, they, I, I think I, they pissed off a lot of people, but I, I, I don't necessarily think... If they come out and say, listen, hey, this game is returning to the roots, whatever it may be. If it returns to the roots, they show off gameplay, it looks like an old school Resident Evil game. I, I, I guarantee you, Resident Evil fans will fucking buy that shit without hesitation. Think about it. When uh, Shinji Mikami announced that he's working on a survival horror game, we all freaked. Yeah. Like, we freaked, the internet freaked, the media freaked. Everybody's like, oh my god, a survival horror game? Shinji Mikami, the guy who made Resident Evil, made like a fucking great, well, originally great franchise of the games that he did do. And then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, by the way, we got more Resident Evil games come out. Um, <laughs> check out, you know, Operation Raccoon City in 6. six. Um, Just... Yay, 2012, we're doing great things. Yay. Oh, I'm just oh. hoping they. I'd rather them reboot it because, like I said, everybody thinks that they can restart the story. They can actually when it, when it comes it to reboots, this this is the franchise that needs a reboot. Tomb Raider well, didn't need a reboot; it just needed to become relevant again. And uh, Devil May Cry didn't need a reboot, but it got one. This is the franchise that needs a reboot. Mm-hmm. I think that one interesting thing to point out is that whoa, Evan, Capcom... you're still here. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was wondering too. I, I've been kind of silently. I've, I've been trying to uh, listen to what you guys have to say. Um, but I think one uh, interesting way they could go is not necessarily to fully reboot it, but just to continue on later. So if you look at the mm-hmm. Mega Man series, essentially what they did was they made Mega Man one through. Seven before no maybe they made Mega Man one through six, and then when the Super Nintendo came out, they had Mega Man X, and mm-hmm. then Mega Man X got through about five or six iterations, and then seven no oh, before they came out with a different one, oh, and, and okay. they they had Mega Man Zero come out, and then they've also had Mega Man Battle Network and Mega Man Legends, although Legends was around the same time as some of the early X's. So I think that one thing they could do is they could look at it and say, like, well, how can we build off of what we already have while not directly continuing it? Maybe they could say, like, 100 years down the line, which is what they've done in pretty much every Mega Man game, uh, new stuff is happening now. This is what happened in the past. This is what happened in between. This is now. This is the new story. And kind of wipe the slate clean but still have ties backwards. Yeah, but they try to ground that in reality. Like that—that that would be harder to pull it off, being a hundred years in the future and pulling it off, and saying, or un- well, unless they were like, well, the zombie outbreak was so bad that technology couldn't evolve or anything like that. Because if you well, go too far into the future and technology did evolve, it'd be easy to take care of them. Well, okay, uh, but l- let me uh, ask you a question: How do you kill a vampire? Um, put out the Twilight series. 
<laughs> the, the correct answer is you can kill a vampire any way you want. They're fiction. Like they can come up with it, with anything, and it doesn't necessarily mean it'll be good. But theoretically, they could do anything they want. Like the, the it's wide open for stuff they could do. I, uh, yeah, if um, if they wanted to go that route, I can see that. Cause I understand. Like maybe they said, like you know, like they took Resident Evil to like you know twenty years later or something like that. Resident Evil in space. Yeah, yeah. Ah, but they had to explain. They had to give me a, at least something plausible as to how the hell that happened. Here, here it is. We've been doing Mars exploration and all this other kind of shit recently. And we found, the, we found the Protheans. Wait, yeah. isn't this Mass Effect? What? Yeah, but they'd have to explain that in, like, they'd have to explain that in, like, some kind of, I don't know, a game or, like, a movie or Liara, something. Liara, what are you doing here? you Dead Space. You sexy, sexy bitch, you. Unless oh, they combine Death Nah, they can't even combine Dead Space and Resident Evil. They can't even do that. No, Resident no, they wouldn't have to combine it. I'm saying... The necromorph thing is somewhat like you could relate that to zombies in a way. I mean, it's not zombies, but you could relate it. And like they did it in that sort of way, which, you know, kind of has ties to alien or aliens, depending on whatever part of the series you want to look at. Like it tied that whole thing into where it's in a spaceship, you're in corridors all over again. And that would actually matter. The thing about resident evil was tight corridors. How often were you fighting in the old ones? How often were you fighting to get around zombies in an open area? There were barely any open areas. You got to go around obstacles. If there was open areas, it wouldn't matter because you'd be able to just walk right around these shambling, slow zombies. It wasn't hmm. big areas, and it, you need corridors. So therefore, you could go to the spaceship thing. Evan's completely, uh, Evan's brilliant. I mean, he's got these great ideas that completely blow me away when you stop and think about it. With sure, put it in the future, it would make sense, especially doing it in corridors or uh, or a laboratory breakout. And it's a small laboratory that's locked down, like in the first movie. Ooh. But in the first <laughs> yeah. movie, you know, it's an underground corridor. But how would they? Um, that that does sound good. But how would they get to that point? Like they couldn't just. Doesn't matter. They could. They could, I mean, just, they could just be like, you know. I mean, like what, the they, next they, game they could. They just could. Come out and say a hundred years later. Yeah, they could. They, they could do they that. They had. They had a corporation that was stupid enough to make zombies. I think that corporation would be stupid enough to take them into space. Yeah, I thought they did that yeah. on purpose. <laughs> the, like the thing is, Marcus, you're pretending that Capcom would need to put together a cohesive story for a Resident Evil game, and that hasn't been done in years. So yeah, years, I don't know I don't why know. you're. I don't know why you're trying to make it a, a cohesive unit. <laughs> I don't know. I just that's just something I kind of like. It's just like, like if I picked up this next Resident Evil in space, or just Resident Evil, just call Resident Evil. And it's like, okay. Well, you've apparently got more brains than Capcom, it's, which isn't hard to do. So, good. I don't know. I just find it to be weird. Like, I don't know. I, me, personally, I find that kind of like, uh, what? You're, you're I, overthinking it at this point, I think. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're... That's just how I am when I play my games. Regardless, like, we, it, it, it like, needs, and they, they obviously recognize it, and I think that's the most important thing here, is they recognize that this series... In, it needs to change. Whether it's by reboot or by whatever next one that comes out, we're going to really rethink our position on this. They realize it. So I'm... Color me interested. Yeah. Uh, color me color me any color and interested. Yeah. So, so really, I mean, I, I'm interested. I, I, 
I'm not going to come out here and say, oh, I'm excited for the next Resident Evil, but I'm intrigued now. And yeah. uh, hopefully, I do hope they take some time off. <laughs> it's, I, just let Maybe it... A couple just, of years? Yeah. Sure. I, here, here's an the idea. Devil May Cry treatment. Yeah. Let, let uh, hire Evan and I. We'll come in there and we'll be the creative directors. And if you hire me, I'll put Liara in your game. So I'll just put Liara in your game. <laughs> just because she and, and, she needs to be in any game. Yeah, you know, and I'll, I'll put Cole Phelps in there as well. Yes. Ugh. Now, you see, you've just killed off the game. <laughs> what about Phoenix, How widely right? successful Ali Noir was. Oh, man. Um, no, but really, I mean, possibly, Evan, Evan and I, we could just make our own zombie game. Possible. Mm. Mm. Tied mm. up at the moment, but... People aren't supposed to know that. Anyway... <laughs> That's a, that was a very exhaustive conversation on Resident Evil. Mm. I'm sure yeah. we'll hear. I'm sure we'll hear more about Resident Evil because Revelation's coming out, and I'm sure we'll, mm-hmm. one of us or two of us or whatever will get it and try it. So, I, but, I but we that. but we did bring up Operation Raccoon City again. So there we go. That's continuing the tradition. So I think that's the first time this year, maybe. Yeah, it might have been. Might have been. Try to ignore that. Okay. I don't know. Like, uh, it's mainly just whenever we've talked to Marcus, I bring it up because it's a too bad game. But, uh, yeah, uh, any any closing thoughts to, to, to wrap this up in a big old bow? Nice bow. Yes. At this point, I, I hope people are still with us, because we've had some really awesome talks. So, mm-hmm. um, Let's see. My closing thoughts are support the indie scene. They're doing really important things right now and making big changes, and the ending of a console generation doesn't mean shit when it comes to indie gaming. No. Support your local indie developer and support Evan Barnett. <laughs> Evan, any closing thoughts? Um, I have two. One, oh, man. Everybody should play Planet Side 2 because it's amazing. God damn it. <laughs> uh, two, I'm, I, I'd just like to take a moment of silence for the Dead Space franchise. I, we can't uh, speak. Uh, Marcus, can't Marcus, even, moment even, of silence, Marcus. I, okay. So Evan, are, are you are you are you getting this on PS3? Yeah, oh, I might have to. Uh, maybe we'll co-op. Oh God! Oh God! You guys are gonna play co-op. Oh God! You guys are good. I'm gonna have to for my review, so I need someone. Yeah, to... He does have. To. Oh, that is true. Good point. Uh, I, I don't have to exhaustively play co-op, but just enough to get the gist of it. Well, Marcus, you need to. Well, sorry. Marcus, any closing thoughts? Don't question my review method. Methods. <laughs> any any texting to do? Any any? I got Chinese secrets how I review games. Any ancient Chinese cigarette? Hmm. Not really. I kind of express everything. I mean, play play play, play Ninu Kuni. Um. Oh yeah, you guys should play that. By the way, yeah. even though I'm I'm into like maybe 40, 45 hours into the game already. I think I'm at the end ish. I'm not sure. It seems like how it. how far did you say? 40 hours. Yeah, each. that's that's about the ending of the game. So yeah, you're I don't close. know because it feels like it it feels like it's not but I, I could be. It's like one of those moments I'm not really sure, but it's really a great game. I love this game. Even though it is childish a lot of the times, but that's also part of the charm. Hey, Marcus, do you like Pixar movies? Not really. I mean, the oh. 
Well then, you have bad taste, anyways. I mean, I, man. I, I, I like I like Wreck It Ralph, but I mean, if you told me to go watch like Cars or something, I would go fuck yourself. If you like Cars Nino is... Kuni, you should watch Miyazaki's films. No, I do. That's what I'm saying. I oh, watch okay. all his films. Oh no! Oh, no. I like it. Closing I... thoughts, Jimmy. Closing thoughts. Hurry, hurry. My... Closing <laughs> thoughts. I love Ponyo. It's so God cute. Damn it, hurry. My closing <laughs> thoughts for the night are, you know, uh, reboot the Resident Evil franchise. It needs it. Um, the, you know, uh, that's pretty much about it. It's, you know, I, I think this was, has some very interesting things. Hopefully some developers out there listen to us and are like, yeah, that's a, that's a fucking good idea. We're, we're going to do that. We're going to do that shit. But, uh, main thing is, is I, I want to thank Evan for coming on with us again. Thank you very much for having me for this, for this. And, and thank you, Evan, for coming on me. Oh, God damn it. I thought you said it was on the floor. <laughs> well, it dripped off of me. Oh, Oh, nice. Man, nice. if we haven't lost listeners by now, they're gone now, so. <laughs> you know, I haven't said anything vulgar the whole time. Like, this was the most vulgar that, and we need that. So, um, fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, uh, but uh, as you guys heard in the middle of the podcast there, um, check out May Order Zombie. They got their uh, awards coming up. You can vote for however much stuff you want, zombie-wise. Yeah. So definitely go do that and vote for them. I need to do that. Eric, I think you already voted. Did you oh yeah, I only yeah. voted for three different things. Mm. But you can you can vote on as much as, or as little as, as you, you want, want in the uh, category up until the twelfth. Yeah. So, but uh, again, thanks Evan for coming on. Evan, plug your shit. Um, my blog is Book of Iben at WordPress.com. I spelled that post- because it is not easy to find. I will do. Uh, Iben is spelled E I B O N, and. Uh, bookofibon.wordpress.com I've been blogging lately about the RPG I'm making I've gotten some significant progress done on that and hopefully within the next few months I will have a chapter one deliverable uh, available online for people to download and you'll be hearing more about that from us absolutely we'll be definitely keeping in contact and definitely plugging the absolute ever living shit out of your game Thought you were gonna say out of you. I was really like, oh, oh and you, you yourself also. But well, you, once you, there, you know, once there's more to plug, definitely. Oh yeah, and, and you know, <laughs> you're always willing to come on and talk about your games. So. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that is what we do. We, here. we prefer you over Marcus. So, well, yeah. <laughs> please, please do, or we're gonna have to have Marcus come on. I'll... You already had me come on, though. Oh man, God. This was episode number thirty-nine of Galactic Game News Podcast. Email us your questions. Because we had some good topics tonight at galacticgamingnews at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr, galacticgamingnews.tumblr.com. That's where all our latest reviews, previews, and news is currently located. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash galacticgamingnews. What else we got? We're on Stitcher. Search, search for us on there, Galactic Gaming News. Also, iTunes, rate us, like us. What the fuck else are we on? Uh, check out our YouTube channel, YouTube slash Galactic Gaming News. Uh, we're starting to roll out some content. You can see my beautiful face on there right now. Jimmy Jams. Jimmy's, Jimmy's Jam Session. That's fucking tongue twister to say. It's such a good name. Though. Anything else I'm forgetting. What aren't we on? We're on Twitter, even though we don't oh, really get on Twitter, but you can find us on there, I guess. Oh, yeah. There will be another video series coming out soon. With Eric's lovely face on it. Yeah, with my lovely face, as soon as my lovely face isn't broken out in hives. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening. This was episode number 39 of the Galactic Gaming News Podcast. Love you. Have a good night.